Chris Malcolm Byron. Being rushed, gets his, he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 at the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics, on 1499.3 KLIN. Greetings and welcome into the Friday Oscar Tailgate, November 18th, 2022 at 6.05. We start out your morning at 12 degrees. Chilly out there in the capital city. I'm Jack Mitchell along with Caleb Henry. Hello. Uh, Mike Schaefer is going to join us shortly. Kenny Larrabee doing the production if you would like to watch us on the Facebook feed. Facebook.com slash 1400KLIN. Uh, glad to have you with us for the Friday Husker Tailgate, Nebraska. Wisconsin edition. Oh my goodness, we have hit the final stretch of a season that once again has come to uh to the final games and there is uh there's not much in terms of the traditional rewards of a season to play for again. No bowl game, no winning season, uh no division championship scenarios. It's all gone. Once again, but you do have two opponents now on your schedule that Nebraska fans deep down inside, even if it is a season that is again lost, that Nebraska fans would really like to have a victory over because it has been so dang long for each of them. And they have been losses to these two schools have really been, it feels like in some ways, the defining feature of the last decade of Nebraska football and their ability to get over the hump at any point. No matter who the coach has been, no matter what the situation has been, the one thing that has been consistent for a long, long time has been losses to Iowa and Wisconsin. And so perhaps, perhaps if you want to put some level of intrigue into this, some level of enthusiasm into this, the first step at taking the next step is to finally end those streaks. And you've got opportunities to do that. But we will see if that happens. And you will have your quarterback this week. If you have not yet heard, Casey Thompson is going to be good to go for Nebraska against Wisconsin. And so we will, uh, we will be uh, wondering if Casey, and we'll discuss this much today, what will Casey's presence mean? Is that going to be enough to give Nebraska a shot for an offense that has been virtually unab- unable to score points since he last went down? With almost, with incredibly limited exceptions, just an an offense that has been completely neutered in terms of its effectiveness. It's been um, it's been tough to watch. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's been tough to watch. They will need something more than that against Wisconsin. 
So we're going to get into all of that. Yes, and we still have a coaching search that somehow is either the most incredibly locked down scenario in terms of rumors, in terms of talking from within department, the department, in terms of talking with uh, amongst agents, in terms of talking to local media, it's either there, um, one of the most amazing uh, versions of that, or it's going on in the background, and uh, there's simply no, no decisions that have been made. Yeah, just every so, everything is falling apart. Kind, kind of a, a a great case, a good case scenario, great case scenario, maybe in that things are so locked down and this announcement will be set here at the end of the year, or you now have, oh, one week from today, mm-hmm. the season ends. <laughs> one week from the, today, the season <laughs> ends. And I think you hope, if you're a fan, that you've got a, you, it, the boss has a pretty good idea of who it's going to be at this point. But where we're at right now gives you the idea, well, they might, and they're somehow keeping that information completely sealed up, or they still don't at this point. So I think at the very least, Trevor's got to have a couple finalists, right? At the very least, you're down to like, okay, I'm kind of between these two. Let's see how so. negotiations go. I would think so, but it is just the 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 continued kind of flailing and thinking that there might be some information out there, and then that information a day or two later, seeming like it wasn't true. Um, nothing really coming from. Uh, any national sources on this really ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and even when they talk about it, you know, uh, Bruce Feldman was on, on uh, Jim Rome's radio show yesterday. He sounded like he has no idea. Yeah. He's the guy who breaks these stories. He's the guy who always knows. He's the guy who's got agents calling him all of the time and coaches calling him all the time. Sound like he had no idea. Are we getting intentional Trev Albert smoke screens? That's, that's what I said. I mean, you, it, it, it's it's either that or there's just no knowledge of who it is mm-hmm. here at this point. Uh, so that's where we are going into this weekend. And, and and you know what? Here's just one one thought. The hope that whatever decision is made, whatever hire is made, that it takes this program, this fan base, out of the doldrums of these Novembers that are, frankly, depressing. <laughs> I would hope, I hope, I hope there's a hire here uh, where next November we are not, we are not running out the string of Friday Husker tailgate shows where there's nothing riding on the games anymore. Virtually yeah. nothing riding on the games. It's it it it's it's tiresome at this point with this program. It really is. And you thought you thought perhaps this you know even after they made the change with Frost, there was a shot that this season might be a little different. That they could get at least start to flirt with a bowl game, and you lose your quarterback, and that all goes to pot because um, you had to have one of those wins. At home against, you either had to get Purdue, Illinois, or Wisconsin, uh, or Minnesota, and you got none of them. You got none of those three, and so now you're mathematically eliminated for that with two games still yet to play. Mm-hmm. So if I sound if, if I sound frustrated, I am. <laughs> I and I think the rest of the fan base is here too. Every year we come down to this saying, 
okay, this has got to be the last year of this. Mm-hmm. This has got to be. This is the year Scott Frost has a roster that's going to be better. This is the year where whoever the coach is 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 going to be able to take this next step. This is the year, you know, some of the young recruiting successes are are going to pan out, and it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, and um, it's. It's time to make it happen. Hey, one of these years, we're going to get to the last two weeks of the season and have something to talk about that they can play for other than beating a team for the first time in a decade or beating another team for the first time in eight years. It, I hope, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm desperate for that right now as somebody who, unabashedly is a fan of the team and who also talks about mm-hmm. them ever no every November. And, and and this is for me, this is, you know, this is partially for me why the ability of whoever the next coach is to not only do this but do this without dilly-dallying around too much. I I, I don't have you know, I don't know about you guys. Uh, but I don't have two years of of building this thing up by going through the same thing again for two years in me. I'm not sure that I have one year in me, to be honest, at this point. Yeah, I don't always agree with the the take that a rebuild is going to take several years. Uh, it's you, you see it happen plenty of other places that they can at least be be okay the next year, and then you then that's the that's the rebuild. But you're still going to a bowl game. You're still playing for stuff. I don't know about the rest of you, but yes, I've got. I mean, I. This is, yes, the option. The option needs to be next year starts with a improvement from this year and the year before and the year before that. That starts. That you find you find somebody who can make this place better now because I everybody is at the end of their rope with this thing. Um. And and maybe I'm in the moment too much now. I'm too too frustrated right now with this whole thing. Um, but you've got it, it's it, it's it's time to. You're in an emergency situation now with this program. Trev's got. I mean, he has got to. He's got to make the right hire in this situation. Um, and I I do. I mean, at some point, I really do think. And and I think this game's still going to sell out. On Saturday, I think that's what Trev said, but I mean, legitimately, I think you are you are really in danger, and you've already hemorrhaged some fans, but you're in danger of it really becoming, uh, I think, something that's going to be significant and different than it's ever been before if this thing doesn't change fairly quickly. So anyway, that's the mood I'm in this morning. How's everybody else doing today? Good morning, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. I'm late as usual. Um, if there's one consistent theme throughout the last two months, it's that I can't make it at the six oh six. It's start difficult. Time. It's very is that difficult. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly yeah. that time is usually when we get started. But yeah. so there's that. Um, You're fine. It's, it's really inter- thank you. It's <laughs> interesting, kind of hearing you guys have the conversation that I feel like has just sort of been playing out for the last week or so on the message board there's there's obviously intrigue still about who the coach is going to be but there's also just fatigue about the fact that the search has been this long and that nebraska has been this bad for as long as it has which no one is accustomed to because the people that were alive the last time nebraska was this bad probably aren't alive anymore or there's few of them to the point that they can't remember it so it's a uh you know, it's a it's a deal where 
I just feel like I, I've seen a lot of people say if they don't hire so-and-so or if this doesn't work right away, it's going to be really hard for me to continue this level of enthusiasm for it. And I, I kind of get it. I, it's, it's sort of fascinating because in my own, in my own life, the, the sports teams that I root for really haven't had like a sustained run of just bad. Like the, you know, as a Vikings fan, like every three years, they're sort of in something like mm-hmm. here we the last three years ago was 2019. They went to the playoffs. They almost won the division. Now they're eight and one, whatever. So it's like the fact that we're going to be what? Six, seven years removed from the last playoff or playoff last uh, bowl appearance, the last winning season, the last time Nebraska started a year like three and oh, four and oh, five and oh, six and oh. Um, that's hard. I mean, and then it's you, you said something and, and Caleb added to it that I think is important. And that's whoever comes here, I, what I want more than anything, and certainly more than what we got with Scott Frost, is the idea that you are, this is all of your program. Those are, as soon as you accept the job, as soon as the ink is dry, every player is part of your program. It should matter to you if they're in the transfer portal. It shouldn't be, well, this is a new spot for me to get my player. It should be, my player just left. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there there needs to be this collective ownership that from the day you take over, this is your team. We never really saw that with Frost until it became his team by the fact that everybody else got ran out or had left. And can't have that again. Like, you, you have to have ownership of this is, this is who we are. Because you got to get that collective buy-in right away. If you come in and you start talking about how you need to set up your offense and recruit players to it and whatever else, you're effectively telling everyone that has to play for you, because chances are you're not going into the portal and getting 25 guys that are going to take over the team, and it's not going to work if you try to. Mm-hmm. you got to get the people that are here to care, to want to be a part of where this thing is going to go, even if they only have one year left. you got to get Garrett Nelson to look at you and say, yeah, I need to come back for another year in Nebraska. I need to have more people get mad at me when I over-celebrate stuff. You know, instead of going on to the NFL work, he would, (laughs) the very least, he's making a roster. He is. Yeah. Like, the amount of people that don't think he, he could go make money somewhere. Mm -hmm. And probably more money than the NIL stuff that he's getting right now. So it's just like you got to get those guys to buy into you. You got to get AJ Allen to come back. You might have to get Anthony Grant to come back. You might have to get Trey Palmer to come back. You got to get Elante Brown to come back. I mean, so whoever takes this job, it is absolutely as imperative as it is to go out and get players that can help you. You have to keep the players here that can help you. Mm-hmm. Because if we've seen these last few weeks, Michigan maybe aside, Nebraska's in these games and they don't even have a real offense right now. Their offense is like a five-year-old learning how to play Madden. That's mm-hmm. what they, he's just pressing buttons. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing, and yet they're still in these games against Illinois and Minnesota, and uh, they were against Purdue. They won games against Indiana and Rutgers. Like you, there's talent enough talent to compete in the Big Ten. Like the gap is not that severe. It doesn't have to be. Well, it's going to take them a couple years to get his guys, and then it's gonna, no. It, it doesn't need to be this. You have guys that you can win with right now. Nebraska can go win on Saturday. I mean, stick around for the end of the show. You'll see what I say about that. But 
they absolutely have that ability. It doesn't have to be two years. It doesn't have to be three years. It doesn't. They should be able to go into Minnesota next year, a team that won't have Tanner Morgan, a team that won't have Mo Ibrahim, and give them a damn game on the road and possibly win it. Yeah, I don't care who the coach is. They have the talent to do this. Yeah. You got to have someone who comes in and gets an established collective buy-in, not because he's got the answers to culture, but because he shows up with humility and says, "We got to do this together. You're part of this. I'm part of this. He's part of this. We got to do it together." Mm-hmm. They need unity more than ever, and so whoever gets hired, whoever it is, if he comes in with that approach, I guarantee you it'll be better than 2018. Mm. That'd be good. It would be good because I just don't think they've got, I don't think this program has the time to screw around for three years again like they have every, every time. Just, (sighs) I mean, it exhausts me to think of another November next year like this. Where there's no, where you got a game schedule of games with nothing on the line. You're losing generations with, with nothing on the line. Right. It is, it, it, and this this fan base has has continued. But they, we're not they, even talking about going to the the Big Ten championship game. No, you're talking about having a November a that people game, can like stopping the right. longest Power Five bull drought mm-hmm. in the entire country. That's not, you're right, that is not asking for the world. It's not. But I hope when Trev makes that hire, he sees somebody who's in front of him across the desk that can start that process immediately. Like, exactly like Mike said, immediately. Uh, because this is a, I, I, I don't know how many fans I'm speaking for, but this is a fan base that's tired of this constantly. Sure. Sick of it. I, I really am. Um, so... Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's where I am, and, and and you know who knows who knows how things feel if they if they go out there and and get a win on on Saturday, um, get a win against Iowa, you know, but maybe that maybe that really changes how things feel. But but it'll probably just frustrate you more that probably, they couldn't get another win at some other point in there. But nonetheless, about to embark on this huge transition period once again that we are so familiar with at this point. So, um, yeah, that's um, that's where we are, and and Wisconsin coming in, and guess what, guys? You know, you could say, well, Wisconsin's kind of in in at the same point here with with the coach, and they don't quite know what they're going to do going forward. They got they need to win one more game to get to a bowl. Okay, they need to win one more game to get to a bowl. They still they still have a team who, as I, from what I understand from talking to Wisconsin people, that really want Jim Leonard to be their coach, and they're going out and they're playing for Jim Leonard. Here to make sure he gets hired to be their coach. They still have a scenario where they can get into the Big Ten West uh, championship too. Okay? A lot's so, got to happen, but they're not eliminated the, from their that. loss season. Looks even different than our loss season mm-hmm. uh, after after this whole thing, and they're going to play like it coming up on Saturday. And you know, does Nebraska have that in them? It's a it's a test for Mickey Joseph. It you know is is he going to be able to? To pull that out of a team who's who's gone through this, do you are you able to? And, and listen, credit to Mickey Joseph on on um, what I don't know if and you may have this in the audio. I'm not sure if you do or not. Uh, but he was asked if he has brought up the fact that Nebraska hasn't beaten Wisconsin since 2012. And there's a lot of coaches that would probably say, ah, the pass is in the past. These guys weren't even here for that. There's and you know what he said? Yes, I've mentioned it every day. That's the that's a step in the right direction. It's time to find some motivation if you're not able to get it internally with what's going on with your season 
a bowl game to get to any of those things, it's time to start finding some motivation in wanting to beat the teams that are always beating you. That's where you got to start. And you can't be too proud to do that anymore as a program. And I wish the fan base would feel that way too. It, it's time to say, okay, we're si- I know it doesn't mean that we're going to the Big Ten West. I know it doesn't mean anything, but we need to beat Wisconsin and we need to be happy about beating Wisconsin because they're Wisconsin and they keep beating us and we don't really like them. Then that's okay. That's good. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if we'll see that on Saturday. I don't. Um, all right. There you go. That's not how I expected the show to start, but I got, you know what? I just, I got in here this morning and I, I said to Caleb, I'm so sick of coming in here for these shows in November and just playing out the string. You walked in of these shows. I walked in, in a mood this morning and there's probably more to it than just football, but I walked in here in a mood this morning. And so that all came out. So anyway. We're going to talk about the game. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the, the the coaching search. I would love if we had some helpful information for you because I'm sir look, certainly looking for it. But I think you kind of settled in and just saying, okay, you got to wait for another eight to fourteen days, I suppose, and then maybe we'll know something more. But we'll get into all that as well. Uh, we're going to have sound off coming up next. What do the coaches have to say this week? We'll find out. We'll respond to it. That's all coming up. You got the Friday Husker Tailgate Plus, a fantasy Huskers keyword right after this on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers, think 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIF. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it is uh, pick number nine. Wisconsin week and uh, one of your last days to get a pick. So if you want to uh, guess this week what the longest punt of the game is, Ooh. text in. I know we should have saved that for this Iowa. Is a very Iowa in retrospect, question. we should have saved that for Iowa, but we were we we wanted to try it. We can so, recycle uh, it. Yeah. This reminds me that we have helmet stickers in a bit, <laughs> and I have to find three. <laughs> well, I mean, one, and I got, one of them won't be Bushini. I I'll got tell you one. That I got one. I got one, but uh, let's get that keyword first. Madison. 
Madison, M-A-D-I-S-O-N. And uh, text that in right now to the Rick Sound Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. We're going to pick one of the textures to make a pick on what the longest punt is. And uh, if you are the closest, you're going to get $50 of Valentino's and Alumni Hall. Uh, Mike, what would your number be? Where for the longest play? punt? Yeah. On, and so not, either... not net. Yeah, by either team. Okay. And not, not net, but actual gross longest punt, I guess. Pre-tax. Pre-tax longest punt. I like that. <laughs> uh, let's say 58. 58. Was, would 58 that be would be available. That would be available? So you've got, uh, there's two Brents and two Craigs we've had this, so this week. So confusing. Brent 1 said 45. Brent 2, 50. Corey, 54. Craig, 1, 57. Richard, 60. Craig, 2, 64. Sean, 65. Gryffindor, Steph, 79. <laughs> 79. <laughs> That'd be fun. All right. All right. He's had at least one 50-yard punt, I think, the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think. Okay. And uh, let's see. And, and not to steal Rusty's thunder, but ew. Uh, in terms of the uh, forecast for tomorrow, yeah, we got wind. Uh, we got wind at 20 miles an hour. This is going to be too. a stuff runs us down your pants day. I yes. Think. Oh, I love stuff runs. I love stuff runs us down your pants day when I was selling runs us at the stadium because they did not plan the numbers, the supply was not uh, adjusted for people stuffing them down their pants. Mm-hmm. And so they would run out of runs before kickoff in some of those games in 1992. And that just meant I got to uh, go find a seat and watch the game, which I did. For, uh, Keep for any runs for games. yourself there? Uh, yeah, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I definitely did. He's probably demonstrating to people. It's like, if you pull your waistband out and you shove three of these down yep, there, you're right going to stay nice there, warm. warm. So which one of these three do you want? You yeah. want to actually make sure there's a little lining there because there can have be a burn risk if you're, if you're, if you're not careful there. All right. What do we got going for, uh, our, uh, sound off today, Caleb? Well, it is the final home game of the year. So Mickey Joseph talked about, uh, senior day, shared a couple of thoughts. We have 12 players. That's going to walk on on senior day. That'll be a part of senior day, and some of them that's going to be playing their last game in Husker Stadium. You know, we want anybody considering walking that's going to be on our team next year. We want you to walk, so we want you to have that experience of senior day. Commend our seniors through a lot of transition. They haven't got the wins that they wanted, but they've been stand up kids. You know, for this program, they gave their all for this program. Well, you can have two senior days. You can walk this year and come back and have another senior day. <laughs> so <laughs> you get it. You know, you're gonna have some kids that's gonna walk. You know, and then they're gonna sit down and talk to you at the end of the year and say, "Coach, I want to come back." Then I'm sure they're gonna walk again next year. So that's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, so if you look at the the guys, well, first of all, I guess, what do we make of the guys who said that they're not going to? going to walk for senior day you know garrett nelson i guess is one of them uh was trey one of them too trey is one of them yeah is there an, um, is that is that potentially good news if you're uh, wanting them be. to stay um casey would be one of them uh yeah no that's good news i mean this is also why you gotta you gotta have a pretty quick um naming of a coach so that way these players who might be wanting to come back or willing to come back Depending on who it is that would be the head coach, um, that way you you get to them before that transfer portal date of December fifth, and you have an opportunity to have a real conversation and be like, "Look, we think you can get to the NFL. You know, it, 
if Mickey Joseph's retained, then I think Trey Palmer has a pretty good chance of being retained as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that one's kind of simple. With Casey Thompson, I, to me, and part of why I think he's playing on Saturday, I don't know what his other options are. I think he might end up being Nebraska's quarterback simply because I don't know where else he's going to, to go. If he goes into the portal, he could go down in terms of play for a group of five team. But it's not like his time at Nebraska is going to light it up. And then the fact that he's transferred twice now, mm-hmm. that's going to rule him out for some teams as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if you had still had Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer next year with a new coach, yeah. which is a pretty decent starting point. Um, you know, if you're if you're starting over and you're you're trying to win some things. Yeah, you look at that junior class in in terms of the type of guys you're talking O'Shawn about. Oshawn Mathis Palmer. is another one. O'Shawn of those guys. Mathis, Quentin Newsome, Reimer, Anthony Henrich. Grant, <laughs> Anthony Grant too. I mean, I guess I assumed he was gone, but I did too. Um, I would say early in the year, I think Nebraska thought he was gone with the way that things had kind of started. Yeah. Um, hasn't been as good lately. Uh, and he's going to have to put in a couple workmanlike days to get to a thousand yards, which we thought was almost a shoe in. Mm-hmm. Um, probably around <laughs> it was a month ago. Yeah, probably around the Indiana game. We're like, hey, Nebraska's going to have a thousand yard rusher. Yeah, <laughs> clear some space in the record books. Yeah, and now he's at like probably what eight sixty. Well, we were saying clear some space in the record books for Trey Palmer too. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's already made it into the record books by virtue of Nebraska's own receiving history, but <laughs> he would probably like to be a little bit further along than adding like 23 yards over the last three weeks. Yeah. But you you do make an interesting point, Mike, with that date Thank being you. December 5th. Um, well, I just, it, I guess I didn't realize how quickly that all starts happening. Well, that, so that's when the portal like, it opens and there's going to be thousands of players. <laughs> like, it's going to be weird. Because this has never happened before, where there's like an actual start date, and they have, is that right? This yes, is new you have this an year? actual free agency period. Yeah. It's like Caleb. So I know that you enjoy when there's a soccer football crossover. Love it. Caleb can call this the transfer, transfer window. window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get that, but I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> Sorry, I'm still going to watch the World Cup. Some of it. It's our winter transfer window. There you go. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's interesting though because Mike, that's the story. Like, okay, so you're looking at you're looking at the earliest. You know, I think we probably think you're talking about maybe 26th, 27th being the earliest day now. 27th is Sunday. 27th is that's kind of what I'm targeting. That's probably the beginning. That that's that's a week after that. Huge. That's a week after that that you've got to if you come in. And you're not familiar with this roster, and if you're coaching somewhere else, you probably aren't at this point. you got to get yourself familiar with this roster, get enough of a relationship built up with all of those guys, and there's a lot of them, as you mentioned, right. that are there that are going to really determine Immediate what Immediate meetings. Like, seriously, the, the amount of guys that we just listed that have the potential, I mean, I don't think Garrett Nelson's leaving if he doesn't go pro or Reimer, but my goodness, that list of especially juniors, well, it is. I mean, the you Lions, would inherit a more ready-made roster if you're able to come in and keep a lot of these guys. Yeah, um, which certainly you know coaches want to win, right? Like no coach is taking this job with the idea that year two. And I'm sorry to PJ Fleck and year zero and all of it, but no one is taking this where year two is like the. You know, they want to win right away. Yeah. Now, reality might be they get here and like, eh, it's going to be tough in year one. But on day one, they're thinking, well, we can make this work. Yeah. That, I mean, again, the, the people who are, who are gone for sure, 
People are gone for sure. There's a few you're going to miss, uh, but it's not a huge number. I mean, it's Vokalek, it's Caleb Tanner, uh, it's Hickson and Bando, you know, Brewington. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I mean, no, you, 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 you can bring back a roster. Omar Manning, who, yep. you know, hasn't done much of anything this year, injury issues as well. Like, you can bring on offense and defense. You can bring back the lion's share of, and, and hopefully you're replacing some of the guys that aren't producing, but you can, if you can do it, you can keep the core of both of those things. Yeah, but make some, make right some upgrades now. where you can, but keep keep uh, the guys that you think you can move forward with. The The flip side of that is if a coach comes in and players aren't either enthusiastic about yeah. it or they're just done with being in Lincoln, mm-hmm. and for some guys that have spent four or five years here, that's a more real thing than some might realize. You, you could basically see your starting defense largely transfer out. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, so that, that, again, yeah, like you were. You were it, it, it can go one of two ways. And and so many of them are in that, that junior class, too, uh, that you mentioned. Um, yeah. With with Newsom, Reimer, um, uh, Mathis Henrich, is considered a Mathis, junior. Mathis yep. would Robinson. be in there as well. Um yeah, it's it's uh, uh, Colton Feast. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's going to be a Not wild. That I think he's leaving either. But as soon as this coach is announced after the Iowa game, it is going to be an absolute wild sixty days in like, decision season. Like seriously, decision season. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you're like, right because first you do that. First you got. I mean, just the timeline here. First, you have what we're talking about with the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Then you've got this, you know, the signing. You still got the recruiting leading up to the next signing day, right? Yep. So there's obviously some things to do there. Not to mention, there's going to be all sorts of coaching hires. Yes, and then you've um, got coaching. Yep. You've got coaching hire season going through there, um, and then you know the, the the remainder of recruiting, whatever's left for 2023, and then you've got spring ball not that right. long after that. Well, winter conditioning, guys enrolling early. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's the other thing. So we're just talking about this from the Nebraska perspective. There's going to be a bunch of jobs that open up, too, because that's just what happens. And so those hires are going to affect the available assistant coaches mm-hmm. and all of these. So there's just like a lot yeah. that will happen the day <laughs> after. So the 27th, that's the Sunday, right? Yeah. But that is just going to be... If Twitter still exists on November 27th. <laughs> it's going to be where you want to be. Let's at least get there. You're just going to be sitting there watching press release after press release after press release come in. Yeah. And then real quick, I know we need to go to another one. I just keep thinking about this this sort of recruiting your existing team. If, if Casey Thompson would decide to leave, though, we've now learned, unfortunately, through the process of the last few weeks, that it's not clear that you've got a quarterback nope. on your roster right now. Oh, you That's, guys want to talk quarterbacks? Yeah, that, well, yeah, go ahead. All right, well, let's talk quarterbacks. <laughs> we we learned that Casey Thompson it's like I planned that. is going to be playing this week. Um, before that, though, the idea was to have walk-on redshirt freshman Jarrett Sinek as your backup. Well, Sinek, Sinek um, he repped today with the um, with the second unit. So he, he'll be the next guy up, and I'm sure Torres. We'll look at Torres if we need Torres, but Sinek, he repped today. Well, I think because when you look at it as a coach, he's the most athletic one. Because if you got to go to a third guy, you want him to be athletic. You don't want them all to be the same. So he can go in there and give you some run game and throw it a little bit. So that's 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 where we're at right now. All of that is without us um, also having said Chubba Purdy done for the year. Yeah. So so now what you're looking at? I mean, the the cynic stuff was a big deal at the beginning of the week because you still didn't know. 
that Casey Thompson was playing. Right. And you you weren't quite sure what kind of condition Smothers was in injury-wise. It's still a big deal because you wonder where Heinrich Harburg has been milk cartoned off to. That is true. I don't know. Yeah, what... What's, what do you make of that whole thing? Uh, it seems like there's just been a lack of development for him, unfortunately. And I was really excited about him. It, it's also just weird. Like, he was your third-string quarterback a couple weeks ago, and now he basically is, Yeah, I don't know, like Caleb put it a good way, it's on a milk carton. But, yeah. I mean, if when we're past this season and there's an opportunity to go back and dissect some of the stuff, there is so much weird things that have occurred Mm -hmm. that we really don't have answers for yeah Uh, we probably won't until people start to leave uh, and we'll we'll get into this plenty but i do think i mean i this is at the risk of saying something incredibly obvious after watching the last few weeks but casey thompson this offense with casey thompson is a a lot more capable even with everything else the same Mm -hmm. than this offense with anybody else Um, it does seem pretty obvious (laughs) it's it's wildly obvious but (laughs) I mean, what one touchdown? Two, one touchdown. One touchdown in that total time points. since he went got hurt. Jeez, one touchdown. That first drive against Minnesota, where they went right down the field mm-hmm. uh, and scored, and that was uh, got a field goal on the next drive. That was it. That was it. It's probably uh, even more staggering if you mention how many first downs they've gotten in that stretch because it's probably less than twenty total. Yeah, it probably. Well, you had it. the the seven three and outs in a row against Minnesota, so. <sighs> So, yeah, yeah that, that hurts the average. So, back to my longer-term point, though, is if Casey Thompson isn't on this roster next year, which he could be, he could not be. I mean, it's it's a little bit hard to tell right now, but I think it's probably fair to say a new coach isn't going to look at the quarterback room, especially based on what happened this year, and say, hey, I got my guy for next year in this room. Right. So, you got to bring you got you you probably got to make an acquisition of a transfer again for next year. Yeah, well, I would and think if Casey leaves, you know, depending on who the coach is, there's a chance they may have a quarterback they want true. to follow them or whatever. So then they have someone that they they're familiar with. <laughs> Maybe they ought to look at that in terms of the coaches who's who's got a package deal they can bring with them here with this whole thing. That because if uh, yeah, because I think really quickly if if. Casey makes that decision to leave. That really quickly becomes maybe the most interesting question of the offseason is uh, who you're going to get to play quarterback here this year. Yeah. All right. What else we have? You guys were talking about defenders. You definitely want to make sure have a conversation with the new head coach about coming back. Mickey talked about the development of Ernest Hausman. I think Barry has done a really good job with with Haas because he's playing at a high level and he's getting better every week. So I like where he's at right now. I mean, he's a puppy coming in here. He's a, you know, he's a high school kid. So he he learned how to play this game and um at a high level and he's playing at a high level right now. We're really excited about his future. Um I tweeted right uh, he had a he had a couple of plays in the in the midst of the kind of the misery, the slow burn of the Michigan game. About 3 or 4 times I was watching the defense. I was like and I was in Omaha. I was actually at a sports bar, and I was like, "Who is that?" And I look up there, and I was like, "That's number 15. And I, and at some point, I find I tweeted it. I was like, "Okay, there's one thing I'm excited about for this game. It is the way that he has developed all of a sudden, really quickly. It feels like in this whole thing with which Mike, I think you kept saying this year, you expected that to happen, but it seems like it's kind of been fast tracked here. Of yeah. Like, so I, I mean, I. I was saying early on, I felt bad for him because one of the things that annoys me about where Nebraska's at as a program is that all the time these guys that come in with have potential are forced to play immediately before they're ready, and you worry about that knocking their confidence. 
and he wasn't ready to play against North Dakota and Georgia Southern, and and he got exposed, and Nebraska was worse for it. Mm-hmm. But you got to give Ernest Hausman so much credit for just continuing to, uh, you know, learn, continuing to get better. Because as we saw against both Minnesota and then Michigan, two teams that you know are reviled for their physicality, Jack. Mm, yes, we I've saw heard. Ernest Hausman go up there and lay the absolute smack in both of those situations. <laughs> and this is a guy that, like, I've you know because he's from Columbus, I've known him for a little bit longer than maybe some recruits, and. The fascinating thing to me is he's still getting bigger. Yeah. Like he is when I saw him before, I think it was either before the Illinois or the Minnesota game, I like took a photo, I remarked at Brunts, I was like, he is probably fifteen pounds bigger than I remember him in high school, and it seems like it's forty five because he's just he's he's built. Like yeah. they don't have he looks like a future Sunday player from just a physical standpoint. But more than that, he looks like the most developed linebacker in terms of size that Nebraska's had in a while. Because Caleb Tanner is sort of long and lanky. Mm-hmm. Luke Reimer's a little bit smaller and fast. Nick Henrich is maybe the closest comparison, except if you put Henrich and Hausman next to each other, Hausman's bigger. Mm-hmm. And he's he's yeah. 19 years old. Like, yeah. And I'm telling you, his arms are as long as this studio. What, and he, the, that is the thing about him that just blows my mind. Like he has the ability to disengage with linebackers or to corral and pull down running backs that, you know, if he was even taller, he would be a freak defensive end because of And we got to see him in pursuit. I think the plays that impressed me this week were when he was kind of in pursuit. Yeah. Uh, uh, pressure, well, sudden, or pressuring the you know, quarterback. He made the decision to go and he's yeah, there. Yeah. And he, it was the speed. Yep. It was the speed that I saw. Just. The, the 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 game slowed maybe slowed down for him and made him him look faster in that whole thing. Uh, side note: How about the run of linebackers native to the state of Nebraska uh, or defensive players just native? If you could pick up a few from other states, you'd be doing really good here because you've you've hit well enough on on Reimer. Especially, if you could give them some linemen in front of them, you'd be doing even linemen, better. Linemen in front of them at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's actually been a bit of a hotbed in Nebraska high school football for linebackers uh, over the course of several. Guess years. what? There's more coming. And there's more coming. It's exciting. All right, what else do we have? Uh, Mickey was asked about the difficulty of the last several weeks in trying to get the head job. I don't think it's been difficult because, uh, you know, I've been having a, you know, I've been having fun, you know, <laughs> getting it done, you know, because I'm coming in every day to, to get a job done. I haven't, haven't gotten the results that we wanted. But it's, it, it's a great feeling being around these kids and being around these coaches. They, they're top-notch people. They, they, you know, they, not one person in that building, this building has given up. Everybody comes in and fight. Y'all see them. They fight until the end. You know, you know, you you could be in a situation right now where they could have gave up six weeks ago, but they didn't. You know, so I'm having fun. I'm good. I mean, don't worry about Mickey. Mickey's gonna be okay. But, but nobody's paying attention to talk about this after the season. No, 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 no. I don't think it works like that. I think when they want to, if they want to interview you after the season, they'll let you know, or they'll tell you that a head coach coming in. I'm prepared for whatever. You ain't got to worry about Mickey. <laughs> I like when Mickey goes Ricky Henderson and refers to himself. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Mickey going Ricky. That could be its own kind of TV and show. I'll tell you what, though. Whatever whatever happens with him, he still continues to say things every week where I'm like, ah, I like that guy so much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just he still does that. Um, and and 
I don't know what we're going to talk about the coaching search. I don't know where it is, but man, I, I, I sure hope for this program's sake and, and for the things that Mike and I and Caleb just talked about in terms of the continuity and keeping some of these players to stay around here. I hope for that reason they can find a way where he can be a part of it. I, I know that's easier said than done, but, um, it, boy, it'd be, it'd be really nice if, uh, if you could find a way to make that happen. Uh, I got one more. Yeah. He talked about Wisconsin. Real good defense. And they like to run the football. It's no secret. And, you know, they hadn't changed much. You know, they, they, play, they, they play hard. They, they don't do a lot. But what they do, they do well, and they, they don't make mistakes. Now, right. was he describing Wisconsin or literally any other Big, big Ten, ten. Uh, Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <It's... laughs> they like to run the ball. They don't make mistakes. Uh, well, Nebraska's, Nebraska's defense, if they can uh, – if. They can kind of do what they did against Illinois and to some, in, in even a bigger degree to Minnesota and put a competent offense on the field. Um, you know, maybe it's a matchup that, that goes in Nebraska's favor. We'll delve further into that coming up after the break as well. And we'll talk about that coaching search. You know, news this week? Yeah. I don't know. Not really. Maybe. We'll, we'll at least get into our... Uh, our thoughts on what it all means right now as we are closing in on the end of the season. It's 6.50 years in the Friday Husker Tailgate on KLIN. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, in terms of uh, late news from yesterday on Nebraska football, um, uh, Caleb, continued confirmation that it's going to be Casey Thompson here yeah, on and Saturday. Yeah, Mickey also talked about how he's not really playing games with whether or not Casey's going to play. He's, <laughs> he's being honest about it. He said uh, they didn't change the play calling with Casey out. Those Wisconsin defensive coaches are smart enough that they could see. That clip was also pretty change. funny. He was like, he was like, it's not like they're not going to see him if he's out there warming up yeah, before the game. He's going to be warming up. Everyone's going to know. Yeah. It, 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 uh, yeah. It, 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 I... Uh, I think he's been playing games. Well, just throwing that out. They have said he has said day to day. I mean, he said day to day the week before the Minnesota game, and he was obviously not going to ever play that one, right? Right. I I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, he never said he was never going to play Michigan either. But he was. I mean, yeah. So the like the the reluctance to say he's out for sure, but maybe they thought he could come back. Now here's the thing. I know the play calling. They may have said the play calling didn't change. The ability of the quarterbacks absolutely changes. Mm-hmm. How I'm setting up my secondary, whether it's Casey Thompson, Chubba Purdy, or Logan Smothers, is different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's probably true as well. And it will be interesting to see how much you can get Trey Palmer back involved with this offense, where he's just kind of disappeared from it for the most part. Is Palm the ball guy back? I would hope so. But if we got a 20 mile an hour wind, I don't know. I don't know how easy that's going to be to get that up in the air. That's going to be something good to talk to. Twenty Rusty mile an hour about. win. That's just a Tuesday. That's yeah, that's we get true. all the time. That's true. And maybe like Rusty says, down and when you get in the bowl of the stadium, that doesn't make that big of a difference. Although your bombs are going up in the air, so I, it'd be nice to get that back part of the offense. It really, it really would. Taking that threat out, sure, sure made a difference. And it, it you know, and, and you look back. It, it's interesting to even look back at the Illinois game. Um, at the beginning of that, when Casey was in, he had a couple of misfires there, yep. but the offense was fine. You know, the offense was looking looking decent. You had a couple of you had a little bit where you you had some runs that were working too, 
at that one, and it's just, um, boy. And, and of course, and of course the Purdy thing happens, by the way, when what? he's looking as good as he did, as good as he had of the entire time that he would, he, he looked like to some degree he was putting things together a bit, um, getting more comfortable there. He looked as good as he had for any non-scoring drive. Which actually says a lot because yeah. he looked really he, bad. A lot of other he times. was realizing. Well, first of all, I think he, you know, he he had not got balls thrown away last week and stuff. He was realizing when to pull the ball down and scramble a little bit. I think that helped. It was like, and, and I think Whipple was helping him a little bit more with the play calling. And and this is just how it goes. It's like it, it it's like the universe when when things start going a little bit right, just a little bit right. <laughs> Whipple and Purdy seem to be in rhythm. Number one, Purdy gets a high ankle sprain, has a weird slide, and then Whipple gets uh, Whipple wipe get, gets a, the Whipple wipeout on the sideline. Mm-hmm. It's like the universe the universe will destroy anything that is going w- right. Sometimes that's how I feel. That's how I feel right now. If it wasn't clear, you are being here at this point targeted. That's yes, I feel that way, and you all should too. Okay, <laughs> targeting the universe, <laughs> the universe ejected. Automatic review. <laughs> uh, Twelve degrees in the capital city right now. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll we'll get more from Rusty coming up during the eight o'clock hour. It's supposed to be just a touch warmer tomorrow than it is today, but you know these days like this, as I, I said earlier, the wind really determines. We're getting to that type of the year. This is what this is what my uh, kids are going to say. Well, he used to always say this. When you get to a certain level of the winter, the wind number is more important than the temperature number. That should be the one everyone's reporting. And I think that'll be true of Saturday. All right, it's 6.58. You're listening to Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Your time saver traffic. Being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 at the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 706, November 18th, 2022. It is a Friday morning, and it is the eve of the final home game of the year. Nebraska, Wisconsin, 11 a.m. at Memorial Stadium. You can hear it right here at KLIN. Pre-game starts at 7 in Nebraska 
tries to break a streak that has been going on since 2013, where Wisconsin has beaten Nebraska every time that they've played. There have been some close ones. There have been some questionable calls at the end of a few of them, but nonetheless, Wisconsin has been dominant in this series for nearly a decade, and Nebraska tries to end that on Saturday. But in the meantime... That streak began, by the way, with the uh, Big Ten title game. And oh, that uh, of the because they had won in twenty twelve. Uh, yeah, you're right. I said twenty twelve, but that was, I said twenty thirteen. But twenty twelve, you're right. The yeah. second game in twenty twelve was when it actually started. When they finished third in the uh, wow. leaders' div- division. That's right, because they were in opposite divisions at that point. Uh, yeah, because Ohio right. State and Penn State time. were banished from the title <laughs> what a, game. What a weird what Nebraska would beat neither of those teams. Um, Crushed them. <laughs> Uh, but we still have a coaching search going on. People forget oh, that. Geez. Nebraska is not. I don't think anyone has forgotten. People that. forget that, Mike. They're, nope. too, they're too wrapped up in the excitement of this game and the other things going on in their life. And they may, <laughs> it might just go, you know, Christmas shopping, getting the turkey thawed, that kind of stuff. So they may not have, uh, may not have realized that. Um, so Mike, I, I guess I wonder from you and, and we're still, we are still at a place where it feels like there's not much great information anywhere like you thought perhaps by this point there'd be some real breadcrumbs pointing in one direction but you go through um you go through and you ask people and i think everybody's got a different answer now uh in terms of what they think is is going to happen so it feels like there's not a kind of a common knowledge a thread of common knowledge going around people in the know right now so it's it's fascinating to me and i spent a lot of the last half of the week so far uh on the phone, making calls. Here's what I found really fascinating. There's a common belief, uh, and we had multiple different sources express this that don't know each other, so felt like it was sourced pretty well independently, that Nebraska was down to three candidates. I've seen, I've written this, I've seen it written elsewhere, I've seen it said elsewhere, and then what follows is somehow Nebraska's down to three candidates and there's about eight names. (laughs) (laughs) so it's just the number of candidates but it's not it that could be a variety of people it's funny because i think i i think the three number is correct and then i operating off the best information that i feel like i've received and has been i've been able to verify at least a few things with the accuracy of it it it's wild because the three names that i have been working off of and i'll just go ahead and say them i put them on my message board Matt Rule, Chris Kleiman, Lance Leipold. And then you turn around and there's some other list where it's like, they're down to three and it's Mark Stoops, Jeff Monken, and Luke Fickle. Right. And I'm like, but what? How? The the one constant, and and that was a joke example. I don't think anyone's used those. No, but like Feldman went on Rome's show yesterday and his names were Monken, uh, Rule. That was wild. Monken, Rule, and. Why are we getting all this Jeff Monken talk this uh, week? And Patterson, I think, was the third one he had. Well, and I could explain Patterson more than I can explain Monken. But so with with Monken, I believe that what I've learned. Um, Trev has spent quite a bit of time around West Point because he had a son that went out there. So then he spent some time around Monken in the football program when he was out there. And so that's where a connection has sort of been built. Um, the other, the more cynical part of me, after having more conversations, 
I think Monken has a very active agent that does a nice job of getting his name involved in a lot of conversations, mm-hmm. uh, which is a valuable thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third piece, and this isn't nearly as important as the other two, if Lance Leipold tells Kansas no, Jeff Monken's the head coach there right now. So I mean, there's at least a thought out there from other athletic directors that they're at least intrigued by that, particularly teams in the Midwest. So um, that's why I think his name comes up. Gary Patterson had quieted down. Then he put out that tweet, which mm-hmm. I kind of laughed at because it's like, I don't think anyone really thinks that you're that involved. And then I get a phone call the next day, and Gary Patterson's name has really ramped up in regards to Nebraska in the uh, the agent community, mm-hmm. which is where Matt Rule's name first came up mm-hmm. with Nebraska. And I think Matt Rule is still the one that everyone has probably talked the most about. Um, the information and the the indications we were getting on Wednesday is that might be moving further away from uh, happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, that sets us back. So again, if I'm operating off the list of three that I am, and Matt Rule becomes less likely, that makes Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman, if my information is accurate, and I tend to think that it is, that would make those the two names that Nebraska is working off of. Well, what can you... Uh, there are rumors that Leipold has been presented a contract extension, but has oh, yeah, not he has signed a, he it. 100% confirmed this with like 14 different people. Lance Leipold has a contract extension at Kansas. It would give him significantly more money than his current base salary, which I want to say is like $3 million. Mm-hmm. Um and more important than that, it gives him raises for his assistant coaches, uh, increases kind of the involvement that Kansas will work towards with NIL and with, uh, you know, other facility type upgrades mm-hmm. and things like that. Incentives. Um, yeah. So it's, it's the extension is partly an increase of salary, which I think is what I've understood less important to him than the totality of investing more in the football program overall. And so that's been on his desk for weeks now. Uh, since they, who do they beat? They they had a, a, a win uh, in October that kind of spurred where this this all went. Let's see, did they beat Baylor? It was right before the TCU game. Whoever they played was before it Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech. Ba- I can't remember. Might have been Iowa State. Might have uh, been that Iowa weird State. Right. Iowa State win. So yeah. Lance Leipold has that. Uh, yesterday made a lot of calls on behalf of Leipold because it seemed like that was probably the next likely one. And Wisconsin has not hired Leonard yet. And even though everyone thinks that's what's going to happen, Wisconsin is in Nebraska territory right now where they have a head coach or a former head coach in Barry Alvarez who's shadow casts across the entire program. And there's people up at Wisconsin now who no longer want Barry Alvarez's input because he's no longer the athletic director, he's no longer the head coach, so why is he running your football program? Mm-hmm. Because make no mistake, Barry <laughs> Alvarez is still running your football program. Yeah. <laughs> if any of this sounds if familiar we to can you... Rela- yes, we can very much relate. To there are discussion. people up there that want them, and, and Jim Leonard was a GA at Wisconsin, so he knows Barry Alvarez, but or not Jim Leonard, excuse me, Lance Leipold. So there's oh. at least a little connection, but people want to move away from that. So there's there's some groundswell of support up there to go heavily after Lance Leipold and kind of move away from Barry Alvarez's hand-picked oh, interesting. deals. Interesting. So interesting. then you have Lance Leipold, who's a Wisconsin guy, played at Wisconsin Whitewater, was yeah. a GA at Wisconsin. 
where would he rather go if he's going to leave Kansas? Is it Nebraska, where he spent three years as a recruiting assistant? Is it, uh, and then spent time at at Omaha as the offensive coordinator and, and spent, I didn't realize he was a running backs coach for seven years in the right. 90s in Omaha. Uh, I knew he was the offensive coordinator. I didn't know he was there that long. Or is it Wisconsin, where he has all these connections? And theoretically a more stable program, though I would put a lot of doubt on that with where things are going right now. And then... You have Kansas, who has the lowest amount of like standard of which he'd have to meet. He's already pretty comfortable there. Could he just say, you know what, I don't need any of this. I can stay here and avoid it. And so I wrote about this yesterday. It is fascinating. Like The most intriguing person in a Nebraska-Wisconsin game is 193 miles south at a different Memorial Stadium preparing for Texas tomorrow. Right, right. And by the way, Wisconsin wins this game, you would think, and keep, keeps her bowl streak alive, you know, stays potentially alive right. in the Big Ten West, it adds fuel to the fire to keep Jim Leonard right. at this point. But I, what's what's interesting is you have different media people saying that Leonard is for sure going to be the guy. Well, if that's the case, why wouldn't they have hired him? Well, I because to- they're losing commits. They have guys entering the transfer portal. They have to, like... It, we spend a lot of time talking about what's going on at Nebraska. It has been a terrible week for Wisconsin. They're entering this game coming off of a bad loss to Iowa. Fans that are upset that Jim Leonard hasn't magically made the program better than it was when Paul Chris was fired. So maybe Paul Chris wasn't necessarily the systemic problem there. Uh, and then they're hemorrhaging players. Like yeah. their recruiting class is falling apart. You have Leonard with a comment. Like if there was a version of this show in Madison, they would be playing the audio of him basically saying, yeah, you know, people kind of want to know there's some big deadlines coming up. <laughs> like it, it's watching all of this from afar. People think of them as a stable ship, you know, yeah. it is anything but right. That now. is interesting. Uh, by the way, I thought if you'd I, enjoy that. If I see any lose for Leipold signs at the stadium on Saturday, we'll be confiscating them right away. <laughs> well, and so then the third name, Chris Kleiman. We're yeah, taking which, to, Listen, you lose that game, Leonard gets to a bowl, right? Yeah. That, the, the, more likely he's higher, He's being hired there. Then uh, Leipold, he neither stay Kansas don't beat Nebraska, comes to Nebraska. They have to go to Minnesota and win a game. Yeah, they lose that. Or, all maybe they're at home. Maybe they're at home this year. Regardless, but, it's, yeah. it's, it's against Not Minnesota. a shoe-in for them to make it's, a bowl. Kleiman's an interesting name just because there's been, he seemed like somebody, he was always kind of mentioned in this triumvirate of Leipold Campbell and Kleiman mm-hmm. and these guys who were in the air in the area, but he never got the traction at any point, it seemed like, that either of those other two did in discussions. Why was that, and, and, and what do you think might be going on here? Um, I think part of it is that... And this is I don't want this to sound offensive. There's no way that it won't. He's <laughs> he's just sort of boring. Like okay. uh, as a candidate, he's kind of boring as like and I don't mean it like he's accomplished a lot. Yeah. I mean they won the season multiple itself. national titles at North Dakota State. Kansas State right now, I think might be the best team in the Big 12, and I know that's weird because TCU beat them, but they were up 28-3 to before it all kind of fell apart on them. Um, they're playing really, really well. They have their own sort of weird quarterback thing going on with Adrian and their backup, and their backup might actually be better than Adrian, but uh, they're navigating all of that really well. And I don't think people really feel like he would leave his AD, who I believe is Gene Taylor, who came from North Dakota State mm-hmm. and hired him, brought him mm-hmm. along, and gave him that opportunity. And yet, at the same time, I could see where there might be some interest, um, you know, more resources. And the, the hard part, though, is 
if he's already got Kansas State rolling, you're not going to love to hear this, but is Kansas State and Nebraska, is the level of their ceiling almost comparable? Mm-hmm. Because the the next step for Kansas State would be to win the Big 12. Well, they could do that this year. Right. So if they do that, then in future years, they're playing in a college football playoff. And the playoff mm-hmm. path so is a lot easier right. there. He's already kind of, if if he wins that conference, he's already kind of set it up where is Nebraska that much better of an opportunity. Right. You know, bigger fan support, but Kansas State fans care a lot. I mean, you know, it's a it's really an interesting time. So those, if my source, and I believe it to be accurate, if those are your top three, they all have their own kind of question marks going on with them. Mm-hmm. Which then it's like, okay, if you miss out on your top three, does that make it Mickey? Does that make it Patterson? Does that make it Monken? Yeah. It, or is there, or is everybody's information wrong? And Trev is just sitting there with a big grin on his face because they've got somebody else locked up and they're going to announce it on some, uh, on November 27th. And we're all just going to be like, well, damn. Because you got to leave that. You got to yeah. leave that like a 2% chance of that happening. Right. And this, I mean, that's, that's the thing with this. I can't tell if it's they're either in a spot where they've got it done and have somehow completely protected it, which might probably was at the request of the new coach that is probably somewhere else mm-hmm. right now, and they've they've done the necessary lockdown because they really, really don't want it out, or they're still at a fairly low low level of completion rate of actually getting this done, and that's why there's nothing out there, because yeah. nothing's happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, it's, it's, so, it's so insane to be able to try and figure out which one that it is in this whole thing, but... Um, it, it is interesting that the names that you're talking about are names uh, largely that are coaches already, which would make a lot of sense. It, well, I think they will be hiring a sitting head coach. A sitting head coach. Yep. Well, those those are the names that you're talking about. But that that also would, you know, that would explain why you're not going to have something happen before the season is mm. over. Uh, the, the, the one interesting thing, if Monken is involved in this, people probably realize He's got the latest college football game of the entire year scheduled. They have a bye week the week after um, the regular season ends, so they don't play on the conference championship week. So if for whatever reason it is Monken, and I'm not saying it will be, but hypothetically if it is, you could announce him. He could still finish things off with that game against Navy in a very emotional service academy versus service yeah. academy. Longtime coach Jeff Monken finishing off his career at Army with one more game, and then he goes to Nebraska after that. But he could you could set it all up, and then he could go back to West Point the week before that game. You could have, if you have the coaches recruiting, but that's not, to me, that's not a recipe for success. Like, that's a... I'd rather hire. Big a, concern. I'd rather hire a coach who, when they're hired, they're just here. We saw Scott Frost. Sounds like a great and, idea. Saw Scott Frost <laughs> try to go back and forth right, and yeah. work on three hours of sleep and try to do a bowl game for a national championship right. for Central Florida. If you're going to hire somebody, make sure they're hired to yep. be here, or don't announce it until they can. And then the problem with that, though, if you get a coach like, let's say it's your your wild card guy is Luke Fickle. And they beat Tulane next week. Then they're playing in the, the right. AAC conference championship game. Right. So the the timelines for all of this stuff is complicated by things that Trev can't control. Um. So then it's like, well, if you've got a guy you really want to be your coach. What's more important, the guy that well, you want to be the coach, or the when you get to announce? It? As it stands right now, Kansas State would be going into yep. the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, so then if you wouldn't have if if Chris Kleiman was a guy, you wouldn't have him until December, right near that transfer portal. Right. 
Right. Right. Yeah. So this whole thing, I mean. So don't. December 4th announcement day. The more we learn, the less we know is well, how I feel about this coaching search. <laughs> right. It's, uh, but I mean, if it is, if it's somebody like that, if, if they've got them locked up going to championship, we could, I mean, it'd kind of be similar to what you had with Scott Frost, where that, that essentially really broke during the game. Right. Yeah. That he was playing against the World Memphis. Herald put it out in the third yeah, quarter of that and game. And they were talking about it even on the broadcast. I think their comic was released during the overtime. <laughs> and, and, and so, but boy, just in, but that was a deal where you weren't dealing with long, 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 long search. Now you've got a month. You add on another week after after what's already I happened. Wanna, I mean, if you've got to do that, that is going to be. Yeah. I mean, grueling isn't a, a the right word to use, but that might be what it feels like to a lot of people after this is uh, over. Uh, wow, great insight there, Caleb. Thoughts on all that. I just, when you started to get all that run this week and a lot of people talking seriously about Jeff Monken, I said, we're, we're about a month past where this coaching search needed <laughs> to be. If, if that, those are the conversations I, you're having right now. I legitimately think he's a real candidate to what level, though, is what I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I don't think that's who they're going to hire, but there's at least a possibility of that far more than there ever was of Urban Meyer or Deion Sanders, right. or people like that. But you don't fire your coach three weeks into the season, two weeks ahead of to save $7.5 million to end up with Jeff Monken. Or you do, because that's who you ended up with, because you got told no. Well, and then that's the part where it's Mickey Orr. Yeah. We never played that game, by the way. Well, this is the part where I'm going to play that game, and I'd rather have <laughs> Mickey... Than Jeff Monken. I yeah, I had been pretty convinced that he would be a candidate all the way throughout, and I feel like at the very end here, he's no longer really viewed in that light. Right. Which, of course, if that is what happens, and then Nebraska wins the next two, right? Games. That's what I was just going to say. If if Nebraska wins these next right. two, you know, a, 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 a weird deal too is just how different does everything feel if Nebraska had somehow, you know, gotten that Illinois or that Minnesota win. How different would everything feel if Ramir Johnson catches that ball and we never see Casey Thompson get hurt? I mean, well, we never see Casey Thompson get hurt to where he's effectively out of the game and then out of two more games. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But it's, and and I don't know that it impacts what Trev is doing, but just in terms of the feel from fans, you know, we went through a period of... Yeah, because people turned on Mickey after the Illinois game. Yeah. Like, that's basically what happened. And it's because... The way, you know, if we saw Mickey not, you know, stumble sometimes and the team stumble during these games, we thought it would be because they were outmanned, right? We Mm -hmm. thought it would be because, you know, the defense wasn't able to stop the running game of of the Big Ten West offenses. But it felt, it felt that it was at least in part to a straight up coaching decision, a personnel decision in a couple of those games. At the end of the Illinois game, and now whether or not that would have been enough to win that one is arguable. But I think there's a lot of people who thought about that Minnesota game. If you if yeah. you manage the quarterbacks correctly, that that's a game Nebraska still should have won mm-hmm. at that point. And I just never expected it to come down on like a like a binary coaching decision that it would look. Be- and that really hurt him. I think. Yeah. I mean, well, in, in I, terms of the, the way that that his- combined with the general feeling that Nebraska just can't get out of its own way, Nebraska can't finish these games off. I mean, how many times have we seen them? 
It felt like more start of the same. one way yep. and finish an entirely different Is way. Right? No kid. I am so tired people of are, people want fresh. Like that's the overwhelming feeling I get from the message board, from Twitter, from talking with you, from talking with my family. Like people kind of want to just start over. Like they they want to start over because this feeling that's just been lingering in them is not going away. But Scott Frost was removed, and you still had losses that felt like, oh, we've been here before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've yes. done this. Before. Yeah, absolutely. That's how, that's how this, uh, especially that Illinois and Minnesota game felt. Minnesota more than I anything. Mean, I mean, they it, dominated an entire half. I mean, this might sound too close to home with Nebraska basketball. Oh. They dominated an entire half. And then the second half starts, and you wonder where they left the team that played the first half. Yeah, it's it. It's, I could never watch another game like that again in any sport where the team I'm rooting for gives you all the hope in the world during. Does this one mean half. you should just start tuning in in the second half? Now? I guess so because I don't care to have all that hope and excitement from the first half. <laughs> I miss if it's never going to carry over to the second half. Miss the first minute of yesterday's second half for basketball. Um, <laughs> got in. It was like eighteen thirty eight. St. John's had already scored like six points. I was like, this does not feel yeah. good. And you know it. And then there was two Nebraska possessions on offense, and I was like, all right, yep, yep, this is bad. And it was the same way yep. I felt at the, in the Minnesota game. You know, at some point, Minnesota might have still been behind. And I was like, this is <laughs> it was, over. It was 10 to 3, and you're just like, well, that, you could just tell. And this I thought, Calicomanis guy is going to ruin my day. And I thought, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I thought that was just sort of a. A feeling I associated with the Scott Frost era Nebraska yeah. team, and I thought maybe this was done. It's not. It it still isn't. And and I mean they have got to get they have got to get a game where. And I know, yeah, I guess you could say Indiana and Rutgers they did that, but but they've got to get a game against a you know a, a team that's a little bit higher in the pecking order. You want to go see them beat a Minnesota or yeah. Wisconsin or even Illinois would have counted for that this year. Where normally it wouldn't, but yeah. given the way that they've been playing, that would have been considered a really big win. They were ranked, yeah. And Nebraska was out playing them when Casey Thompson went out. <sighs> All right, seven twenty-eight. Uh, great insight, Mike. I appreciate it. The end was depressing, though. Yeah, All right, you're welcome. Listen to LNK today with Jack and friends of the Friday Husker Tailgate. Uh, helmet stickers coming up next on KLI. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. And Saver traffic. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, helmet stickers, Nebraska and uh, Michigan. Nebraska, of course, loses 34-3. to And another game where I got, yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it was you know, crazy, you know, hopeful into it. But there were times during that first half where I was like, okay, it's going a little bit better than I thought it might. 
uh, you know, it was only seven to zero after the first first quarter, and and uh, Nebraska looked Nebraska looked like they were about to make it ten to seven, but couldn't get in there and had to go with a field goal from Bleak Road uh, there, um, and then only the one touchdown from Michigan in the third quarter, and then the terrible call on the uh, the fumbled the fumbled uh, run for Michigan that was given a touchdown. Of course, they ended up getting that, even though the video and photo evidence was. Very clear that it wasn't a touchdown. But anyway, I digress. Let's go to our helmet stickers. Um, who did you think deserved a helmet sticker this week? Uh, Ernest Hausman. Just er- right off the top. Um, had a sack. Had that great closing speed that we saw um, getting into the backfield where I was like, wow, where did that come from? Just from not seeing guys do that a lot rate- lately. Um, so, yeah. And he also had double-digit tackles. Yep, Ernest Ernest uh, Hausman one sack, one tackle for loss, ten tackles all together for the uh, the freshman from Columbus. Uh, Mike, do, were you going to give one to Ernest Hausman too? Yeah, I'm going to give one to Ernest Hausman. I'll go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, they refer to him a lot as a shiny sports car, and there's a lot of weird car analogies that have popped up with Ernest Hausman. I hope that uh, next year they just start referring to him as a wrecker because he's just going to start wrecking other teams. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's where we're at with it. I have one for Hausman too. He was. Um, he yeah he had a couple of plays this this week where he kind of really stood out just you're like oh my gosh who's that guy who's making plays in this game and i think that's a a step that even though he's played more more and more solid as the years gone gone on he's been a real he was more of a playmaker than we've even seen him be for nebraska uh, in that michigan game so i'll give him one too all right, next. My second one goes to Timmy Bleak Road when you score all of the points for your team you just in the game. Just get it. That's you kind of default into that one. All right, so that is another for Tim. Oh, I don't have my list up. So Timmy Bleak Road gets another one. Caleb he's and I are. Se- by the way, he's had a so- a solid season. Yeah, we go. Uh, Bleak Road Caleb too? and I are on the same page. Timmy Bleak Road also getting a helmet sticker, accounting for all of Nebraska's points. Uh, Timmy B for three. Um, yeah, and you know I don't. He hasn't kicked a ton of field goals. He's this eight of ten. Year. Eight of ten. He made every extra point. I think so. And missed. He missed a long. One. Let's see. Was, he was, missed against Georgia Southern to tie the game. That long. That and was, he missed another one in September. He hasn't missed since. Missing. Well, there there was a missed extra point. Was there? Oh, it was, it was blocked. It was yeah. Oh, that doesn't count. That was uh, that was the Illinois game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, what I meant, I suppose, was he is not like. Attempted a kick where the offensive line also blocked for him, uh, and then missed it right or left of the upright. I love the addendum to that. <laughs> Bleak Road. That is uh, with two more. That makes him. Uh, that gives him five on the season, and I believe those were Hausman's first of the year. First three I of gave the him, year. I'm trying to see if the, I don't. I thought I gave him one last week for his tackle against Minnesota. Uh, we'll have to we'll review. Maybe I didn't. Know. We'll have to review the tape. As it stands <laughs> now, he has three, which still puts him in pretty decent company here right now. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yep, I'm gonna go Garrett Nelson again. Um, just Garrett Nelson general appreciation. Did have a sack. Did have a a, a sack tackle for loss. Uh, factored in on on uh, quite a few tackles. Ended up having six total tackles. Um, he's just a solid, consistent player. You, uh, somebody that you, you, you hope you can build that defense around next year, uh, with another year of, of, uh, practicing with the team, whoever, you know, whoever the new coach is, getting him in there and that real nucleus of a deep, when you talk about that potential nucleus of a defense that there, that's there next year, Reimer, Nelson, Henrich, uh, Quentin Newsome, 
Um, you know, probably some 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 of the other guys that I'm even forgetting there, but it really feels like Nelson is is kind of front and center in that group, and uh, so I'm going to give him. Hopefully, he's he's not walking for Senior Day. Hopefully, he's back next year and uh, is able to do that next year at this time uh, in a game that actually matters. So that is his fourth of the year. Yeah, I'll give another one there to Gary Nelson for the sack. There's. There's only a few guys we're really down between on who are going to get these helmet stickers, so gra- grabbing that sack, I'll give it to him. Right. I'm going to go a little bit different than uh, than you guys, but also another local Nebraska defensive player. Colton Feast had a really nice tackle for a loss, absolutely blew up a running play, mm-hmm. and one of the better hits of the game that didn't involve Ernest Hausman. So Colton Feast, helmet sticker, I believe, might be his first. I believe that is his first as well. I believe that is first as well. And, you know, because, uh, I don't know, people are going to say I'm a softie for this one, because I do kind of feel feel bad for uh, for him and everything that happened, and and uh, he ended up, I thought he started to started actually play well and, and get in a rhythm that we hadn't seen from him yet, and then right away, of course, that's when he gets injured, gets a high ankle sprain. I know what a pain that those are. We were going through one of those at our house last year, uh, and so I'm going to give Chubba Purdy uh, one for he, he. Why are you laughing at me? Do you want to feel better was, about giving Chubba Purdy a helmet sticker? Well, first of all, I want to know why Caleb's he laughing was at me. Six of twelve for fifty-six yards. He did a good job. Listen, I'm looking for improvement, Caleb. I saw improvement. Okay, I saw improvement. I saw him also knowing to when to pull the ball down and scramble. It was being a little problematic because for Michigan. On one drive, he decided to throw the ball away, and he scrambled twice. We also hit the the long of a game of a thirty yard pass right off the bat, and that big pass to Marcus Washington on third down. I thought so. That was- here's here's why Jack can give this helmet sticker and feel okay about it. Why is that? Chubba Purdy's long rush of the day thirteen yards. Blake Corum twelve. <laughs> Chubba Purdy helmet sticker. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I'm just saying I I wouldn't do it, but if he's going to, that would be the it's your show. You know that is interesting. Nebraska's you know at all these running backs that they faced here in a row, three weeks in a row, where they're you know getting gaudy numbers of of both carries and yards, but it's all volume based. But it it, it is, and yeah, and. There are very few of them. I, I can't remember if uh, if Ibrahim had a a long one. But Brown had a twenty yard run. That's the longest of. He had a up. twenty. Okay, yep. but they're so, they're just not long runs. I don't I don't know if if did did Mo even have a ten yard one? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was wondering. Like I, he had a bunch of eights and nines at the end of that yeah. game. But uh, yeah, I mean they, but all three of these running backs in a row, it's. You know, Devin Mockaby like tore Nebraska up, right? And he had big. It felt like right. he had a lot of big chunks. Ones. Yeah, like he had like fifteen carries for a ton of yards, and it was all very chunky. Which makes me wonder if you know we talked about the Casey Thompson Mo's injury. Long was eleven. Was that eleven? Eleven. Yeah. So twelve, eleven, and then I think Brown had one twenty-yard run. Yeah, I in, think in he the, did. I want to say in the first half he had yeah something like that. Yeah. So then. You you go back to that Purdue game. If they have Luke Reimer for that game, is he worth the the oh swing gosh. on your defense a little bit? Like, do you do you probably not give up as many long runs to Maccabee, or maybe like you're able to get off the field one of those third and fifteens that you give up or whatever? I mean, here we are. I, I know you can't do this, but here we are. At least with this stretch of game, doing the same thing we did last year, where you're changing one play or one right. thing. And I'm not asking. I'm not criticizing yeah. you for doing that. I just can't believe we're here again, where it's where it was at. Ty Robinson makes the tackle on fourth down on Aiden O'Connell, right? Yeah. That, that maybe uh, you mentioned it. Uh, 
that Ramir catches the pass against Illinois, right? Yeah. Nebraska gets uh, 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 Volklak catches a touchdown to go up fourteen to zero against Minnesota. I mean, uh, to me, it, it, with uh, the Reimer thing, it's just that their defense has played well enough to win these games. Like that's probably yes. the part that you know for two straight years. The offense has been the reason Nebraska's not winning games. And it started this year with the defense. It was the other way around. If they played like they are right now against Northwestern, Nebraska wins that game by 28 points. Yeah. If they play that way against Georgia Southern, Nebraska wins that game by 17 points. Yes. Or if you take the offense from Georgia Southern and bring that down to play against Minnesota. (laughs) It's... it's crazy how much you just never get the two sides you never to play together. Get both, and it's Indiana com- is about as close as you got. It's year. completely shifted yep. throughout the year, where the which yep. is just. So what I'm hearing here is they should not have fired Scott Frost, but no. instead should have got. You didn't rid- hear that from yeah, me. Nope, nope. What I'm hearing from you guys <laughs> is that Bill Bush should have been elevated to D coordinator sooner, and then left everything else intact. I'm not. <sighs> Not to be a Shenander apologist, the biggest mistake he made was he didn't simplify enough stuff early in the year for those guys because I I think his defense would have been fine when you get to this point in the schedule, but with so many new pieces and so many guys that hadn't played it as much early in the year, if they had gone the simple approach that Bill Bush is going right now, I think it would have helped a lot. I mean, you go back... Not that anyone should do this, but if you go back and watch that Northwestern game, so much of Nebraska's issues are the internal struggle of you can see the defender thinking, like, should I be here right now or should I be there? Yeah. Duh. And then, of course, horrible tackling. Yes. Yeah, tackling. Yep. All right. That's it for your helmet sticker. Everyone feel good. <laughs> this is the, again, never again in November are we doing this. How much does the current again. last six-year run made November go down your month? Oh, it, 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 that's a great point. Between that and then just the depression of realizing winter is imminent and raking the leaves. and <laughs> Leaves. Leaves are why leaves. November goes down uh, the By the way, your, your helmet sticker scoreboard, uh, Anthony Grant. I test Anthony. Uh, with 10. <laughs> Trey Palmer with 9. Bushini with 9. Casey Thompson with 7. I did not give Bushini one, he even though he not. had seven punts. He's, he's got a big game. He can take. He needs to. This feels like a huge Bushini. He and he and Grant and Palmer have got to be talking about this in the locker room. <laughs> hey, so, look, they're all some playful, they're all newcomers. Yeah, some some playful ribbing about the helmet stickers on KLIN. Have you thought about making a trophy and then you can no, actually award need, it to the player? I need, we need to do that. We need to find do a that. sponsor for it, make it an NIL thing. Let's do, do it. This should be a thing for you next Let's year. Let's do it. You help me figure that out. All right, seven forty-four. We'll take a break. Your morning drives coming up next on KLIN. Five topics to get you going for game day. It's a special Friday edition of the Morning Drive on the Friday Husker Tailgate. All right. Time to count it down. The five things people are talking about uh, this week related to the Huskers. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Let's get things started with number five. Well, we now know the quarterback situation, and that is Casey Thompson expected to be back and start his first game. He missed the last two and a half. Yeah, uh, it'll be it, it'll be refreshing to see this offense with Casey Thompson once again. It will be interesting to see how much you bring that vertical passing game back in, given you know 
A, how close to 100% is Casey and able to do that? Because if it was a gripping issue, kind of a, a control issue, those deep touch passes might be uh, ones that are most difficult to get back. And then number two, the weather uh, and how that's going to impact things. But that's a that's a big part of it. And and then whether you you make Trey Palmer a legit weapon for this offense, which, Mike, he hasn't been since no. the Purdue game. Nope. Uh, I just was looking at the Michigan box score, five catches, 12 yards. So that's not they've great. Tried, they've tried a little bit with the short passing game, but it just. I mean, when you can have nine, ten guys playing in the box because there's no threat of anything over the top, it makes it harder. I would love first play of the game, play action, max protect, just throw a bomb. I don't even care if he's open or not. Just let everyone <laughs> hey, know. You that don't this care can if be, he's open as if he's Tom Brady? Yeah. Just like let Casey just let it loose and the fans will stand up and applaud seeing a pass thrown that long and that far <laughs> even if it's incomplete I will you know people I will. would love it because it basically just says to Wisconsin you got to cover this be good yeah we also learned about the further down the pecking order on the depth chart where QB7 yes with Chuba Purdy out Logan Smothers now your number 2 next up after that also dinged up also dinged up, and I don't remember him being dinged up from a game, so it would have had to have been in a practice. Yeah. Um, your next guy after that is redshirt walk-on freshman out of Hastings, Nebraska, Jarrett Sinek, who finished off last game taking a couple of snaps and handing it off. Had a really nice career with Hastings as a passing quarterback uh, for the Tigers, I think, the yep. Hastings Tigers. So um, I'm not... I'm not super surprised. He's always kind of had, like, when he walked on, it always kind of felt like he was taking on the Matt Masker role mm-hmm. of, like, this guy yeah. throws pretty well. And, you know, it's it's someone, if we have to, he can come in and at least be somewhat competent with it. So I wasn't surprised by that, but the lack of Heinrich Harburg or even the unwillingness to play Richard Torres mm-hmm. is somewhat concerning to me. Yes. Harburg more than Torres, but both of them well, combined. That especially does make me wonder about, well, and you're changing a coach, so who knows what it could mean, but... A guy like Torres, who is supposed to be the quarterback of the future, um, you know, more so than probably Harbor right. was. Uh, I don't know that I would say either had that designation really? a ton. Okay. okay. Um, but they were both thought to be better passers and runners, mm-hmm. guys that were going to elevate the offense beyond kind of the stagnant nature that it found itself in with no real passing game of 2020. Um, and so that was kind of the idea of both of them. Um, it has not played out. Yeah. By the way, uh, 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 oh, were we really going to, I shouldn't bring this up now, but is it, how, how do we feel about quarterback run game after all this and, and the, the, you know, the role that it, it can and should play at Nebraska going forward? I think a little goes a long way yeah. and too much gets you into your third string quarterback yeah. every single year, which Nebraska is well versed. Yeah. You got to have a little bit of it, but you also have to have competent backups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to have guys that can get down and protect their bodies. You know, it's just it's interesting. I look like a, a team like Wisconsin, and I think how have they never since they they've gotten all these quarterbacks who are somewhat mediocre passers? How have they not really gotten one that's mobile? And what would that do to that offense? Uh, oh, they've had a couple was, guys they never play them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, they looked Russell at Wilson. their best I mean, when they Russell had Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Since then, though. But yeah. Since then, though, you get well, these guys who are. 
I mean, well, I'm Russell glad Wilson was a transfer. Well, they took transfer. And they like, were the, they took transfer quarterbacks for three years in a row after yeah. that. Danny O'Brien. I don't remember who. There was an Arizona State guy who didn't end up. Did staying. like John O'Corn end up there or something? Yeah, or is that yeah, Michigan? that I can't. One I can't remember two. the O'Brien guy from Maryland, and then mm-hmm. there was a guy from Arizona State. I, think, I don't remember the Arizona too. State guy, and I think he got moved to wide receiver or something, but. Anyway, maybe he was says too as much about their wide receivers as anything. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Number four. Well, speaking of since a long time ago, the drought against Wisconsin goes back a decade. The loss that began it all was the uh, Big Ten championship game, Legends and Leaders. Oh gosh. 70 to 31. Kenny Bell. Was that? Is that an underrated, is that an underrated uh, marker to the beginning of misery? <laughs> that we sometimes forget to note. Well, like that, it's, uh, just everything that happened. So there. it's got a huge what if component that probably doesn't get talked about a ton. Um, quietly behind the scenes, Bo Pelini was very much engaged in conversations with Auburn and Tennessee to potentially leave Nebraska following that game. And, uh, well, that loss made him radioactive. Wow. And it also made. An Arkansas school really interested in Brett Bielema. Interesting. That's <laughs> they went fascinating. And they hired him, and it went very poorly for him. And yeah. now Brett Bielema's back in the Big Ten at, at Illinois. I remember how shocking. That was one of the more shocking coaching departures I can remember. Yeah, well, because they were, seemed to be going Wisconsin. really well at Wisconsin, yeah. but you want to yeah. talk about Mary Alvarez? Like, there we go. That was crazy. Taylor's running that game was still awesome. Yeah, Taylor oh, yeah. Martinez. Yeah, and the, and the Kenny Bell block. You still, yeah, you still ended up with two of Nebraska's <laughs> best highlights of the entire decade in that absolute yeah. drubbing. I just remember sitting in that press box in Lucas Oil, looking down and thinking, "These guys are taking some of the worst angles I have ever seen." Like the the safeties would be taking. I'll leave them nameless, even though people can figure out who they were. They'd be taking angles that, if like they played it out to their best athletic ability, would still have them diving at the feet yeah. of. These run like James uh, White and Ball and these running backs. And that was when Wisconsin busted out the jet sweep, and yep. it was like Nebraska. Never seen anything not like that before, that even though every high school in the state runs it. <laughs> uh. So much three. sadness. Well, this could be the first home bad weather game of the year. We'll find out more in the draft, but <laughs> man, it's not going to be great. I'm we'll out more in the draft. <laughs> I mean, I'll let Rusty do the honors, but I think we can all look at our forecast app and see right now that the uh, the high for tomorrow right now is uh, is 30, but you're going to also have uh, a pretty decent wind throughout the course of the day. So we're talking 20s with a 20-mile-an-hour wind to start this game off tomorrow. I don't know. I think Trev said that he still expects the game to sell out. I feel like if you're wanting to go to a game tomorrow – you probably can get yourself a, a pretty decent deal. Plenty of tickets, on I think, some, are available. It's some easier tickets to on get the secondary tickets to market. that. And then, what do we think that student section looks like? Uh, Sorry, Caleb. I was just going to say, it's easier to get tickets to that than it is Nebraska volleyball. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Taylor Swift. Uh, no, I actually <laughs> brought that up with John Cook. I said it's easier to get Taylor Swift tickets than it is a Nebraska volleyball ticket. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yes. And if anybody has Nebraska-Wisconsin volleyball tickets for next Friday, uh, please let me know. I'd be interested in attending that match. All right. Moving on. Number two. So I only caught a little bit of this. Is this Thomas Fedoni? Did he change the bio on his Twitter? Yeah. And he potentially would be leaving? This was uh, this was uh, earlier in the week. This became a big thing. And uh, just it was one of those deals where he just changed the uh, that he didn't have the word Huskers in it or something like that. So now it just says tight end Adidas All-American Council Bluffs, Iowa. 
uh, and then has a link here. But so I don't know. And it very well could be because it's been a, a frustrating situation for him. You got the sense from some of his social media posts that he he wanted to get a chance to play this year and he wasn't he, with just the injury after injury situation. Just a sad, I mean, overall, Mike, yeah, it's just it's, a sad story because he cut guy coming out of Council Bluffs, right. commits to Nebraska, seems to be just number pa- one tight end in the country and passionate about turning things yep. around here. And you haven't had a chance to see it. I think we all would have. It's really disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. For, for him, I, obviously. I mean, it's two straight years of having your season cut short when you've never really had an injury before, I think, makes it even more frustrating. Um, we'll see what happens with him. He's certainly a guy that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if on December 5th he's putting his name in. Um, you know, he came here to play for, for Scott Frost specifically. If Sean Becton's not going to be the tight ends coach. I mean, the thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me... That tight end room is wide open because Chancellor Brewington and Travis Vokalek are both, they can't come back. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if if you're just looking for an opportunity for playing time, right there in front of you. Yeah, that's true. God, please don't. If he goes goes to Iowa and he's catching touchdowns on Nebraska for Iowa. I don't think it'd be that. I will not. Oh, okay. Well, that'd be better then. That'd be better. Number one. Well, the Big Ten West is still up in the air with two weeks to go. Four <laughs> teams tied at four and three in the league. Wisconsin outside shot still at three and four. Who are you guys picking to, Purdue. to represent the West? No, you still you think it's Purdue? Do you think Purdue's the best the best team in the Big Ten West uh, overall? It's impossible to tell. I, mean, I don't know that there's. Question. I don't know that there's a best team. <laughs> I mean, That'd be like saying I had a best pitch in I mean, baseball. There's always a best. You put a group of anything together, there's always a and best one. They all get to be the best. No, I mean, I think their schedule sets up where they're the least likely to drop one of these two games. They've got Northwestern and then at Indiana. Iowa's still going to figure out I a way to win I- this thing. Iowa has the tiebreaker. Well, tie if break. Iowa wins out, they own the tiebreaker. Yeah, break. Iowa has the tiebreaker. Here's why they aren't going to win. They are Jeez. at Minnesota, and then they will lose to Nebraska. I don't know that they will beat Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to beat Nebraska. Well, I, that'd be great if Nebraska could play spoiler there. Little something extra. That'd be wonderful. 758 on KLIM. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. And Nick. Jack West on the 35. Nice move. 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, big fella. 30, 25, 20. Step on the guy. 10, 10, 5. Jack West. Yes. We love you in Lincoln. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody's thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium. Upside down right now. 
Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 up the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. It's your last chance to get a pick in the penultimate week yes. of Fantasy Huskers as we have one more next week, a shortened week to get all those keywords in. So continue listening. We may be doubling up on a couple of them at 635 and 810. But let's do this one first for this week. Text this word in if you would like to play to the Rickstein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. And we'll select one of you who texts to get pick number 10. Often wins the game. Whip does pick number 10. Uh, Caleb, the word? Cheese. Cheese, C-H-E-E-S-E, cheese. Uh, one of the great things about Wisconsin is their cheese. I don't know why I felt like I needed to use it in a, I was like, like using it in a sentence. I was using it in a sentence like it was a spelling bee. I don't know exactly what I was doing there. Jack but. Mitchell here for the Madison Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, we'll see. So anyway, there you go. Cheese. Text in cheese if you want to get a pick. And by the way, the category is uh, longest punt of the game this week. Um, we're going to get to Rusty Dawkins here in just a moment with maybe the most volatile draft ever in the history of the draft. Uh, but first, we're going to say hi to Jeff Mall from Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau and see what else is going on this weekend for people in town. Good morning, Jeff. How are you doing? Cheese, guys. It's sure is cold outside. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, Jeff. That's, that's, that's wow, he won up to you by a lot. Very, very, uh, very good stuff. Well, uh, Jeff, I know we're we're uh, we're going to start to get busy here this weekend and then all the following weekends with holiday activities, both uh, Thanksgiving and getting into Christmas stuff here in in the capital city. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we have going on here this weekend? Yeah, lots of good things going on as we prepare for the holiday. A little bit of everything to talk about. Pioneer Spark Nature Center presents their Twilight Hike. It will indeed be a chilly hike tonight from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. Meet at the Pioneer Spark Nature Center located at 3201 South Coddington and enjoy some great uh, astronomy and natural history. The Lincoln Community Playhouse presents a Christmas Carol. This is our first appearance of a Christmas Carol, and it is an annual tradition at the Community Playhouse. This Christmas Carol will be feature, uh, featuring one individual ushering in the holiday season in a one-man performance of the Charles Dickens classic. Oh, wow. Okay. Impressive. Yeah, kind of fun. Kind of different. So it should mm-hmm. be a lot of fun there all weekend long. Uh, one of my personal favorite guitarists from the hair band ages, Steve Vai, who actually played Whitesnake back in the late 80s. Uh, brings his tour to Lincoln tomorrow night out at the Bourbon Theater. Uh, great music composer, guitarist, songwriter, and producer. Should be a fun night down at the Bourbon. Holiday Sip and Shop Craft Fair at Rosie's Sports Bar and Grill South. A great opportunity to enjoy some uh, some beverages, as well as some holiday cheer and decor. And wrapping things up on Sunday, the 2022 Holiday Harvest Market, 10 to 1 on Sunday at the College View neighborhood, 4801 Prescott Avenue. Great chance to get together with local farmers. 
and enjoy an abundance of locally grown produce. I, and I was uh, I was out in that area last Sunday, and they were chilly. It's going to be a little nicer here this this Sunday, I think, for them. So I like it. They'll I appreciate like that. But it's still some warm drinks there to to keep you warm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I do want to remind people if you have questions on what's going on in Lincoln, uh, Lincoln.org is our website. We actually just rolled out a new website this week, and. Uh, encourage people to jump over there today and then take a look at everything going on in Lincoln and uh, help you plan kind of the week ahead for family when they roll into town. All right. Very good, Jeff. Hey, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again here uh, down the road. All right. All right. Thanks, good. Jeff Mall, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. Just reminds me, I was going to say next week, but next week the game will be going on. We will uh, have a special edition Friday House Cotillion on Wednesday of next week. Yes. So uh, the uh, Thanksgiving Eve edition of the Friday Husker Tailgate moving to Wednesday next week. And we say hello to Rusty Dawkins, who finally, after all of this time, got a home game where he had some uh, some things to look at, some things to analyze with the draft and put some numbers on those bars that you're seeing on the screen or will see on the screen if you're watching on the Facebook page. Good morning, Rusty. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Well, the uh, the the cold crappy weather got here <laughs> <laughs> well the only thing missing out of this forecast is the buffalo buffalo new york kind of snow i mean that would be fantastic to see but uh no it's going to be dry but it is going to be cold and windy yeah uh, by the way real quick uh buffalo akron and buffalo have now postponed their college football game that was scheduled for saturday so your last hope of getting some insane snow football from buffalo where rusty i saw I, and, and this wasn't even one of those crazy uh maps with projections all over the place it was a meteorologist in that area said 70 inches aren't out of the question yeah it's there it's incredible they're talking about records and when you talk about lake effect snow and records that's some insane i mean you're looking at three four or five inches of snow an hour in some spots so it's uh it's going to be fun to watch, but I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, I mean roofs, door. I mean yeah. doors you can't get out of. Yeah. I mean uh, a dangerous type situation. So yeah, they're moving all the football, college and pro, out of Buffalo this weekend. Yeah, because as, of snow, as they should too, because it's not just you know the games themselves. It's people trying to get yeah. to the games and get home from and all of that stuff. So that whole area is while it's going to be a, an absolutely amazing thing to watch as a meteorologist. Uh, as a football fan, it's it's probably best if they move it. Well, it looks like, uh, I mean, uh, the, before we get to the game, it looks like uh, the good news for people who are looking forward to, to Thanksgiving week gatherings and those sorts of things is we are we do have a shift that's coming in the forecast, mm-hmm. but it's not going to come until after the game on Saturday, most likely. I remember a game uh, in November that I was in college. It was back in the late 90s that it was like 75 degrees a nice warm November day. I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. We were all hanging out outside. I was selling the balloons. You know when they were able. Mm-hmm. When we were able to do that. It was a nice day. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be this one of those be, days. This is <laughs> not. Yeah, this is uh, this this is one of them. And I see that the the high is is kind of going to be where we've been and where we'll yeah. be today. But what is always so important, and 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 I think you agree with me on on this weather thing that I always say, Rusty, is that this time of year and you get colder than freezing. It's those wind numbers mm-hmm. that are as important as anything in this whole thing, and that's going to be impactful tomorrow. It's even worse when the when the wind is out of the northwest because that's mm-hmm. dragging down the cold air uh temperatures are going to be struggling all day we'll we'll see some clouds in the morning then i think clearing things out uh temperatures will struggle to get to the freezing mark 32 degrees uh, you throw in a northwest wind at 10 to 20 possibly gusting to 30 miles per hour and all of a sudden you got wind chills that are in the single digits in the morning and in the teens in the early afternoon 
Uh, it, it's just, it's one of those days where you want to wear about 300 layers. Uh, and it's uh, no joke. It's, it is going to be cold. So what are we talking? Are we, what are we talking? Twenties for temperatures, raw temperatures for most, or if not all of the games, is that Probably. about right? Yeah. Uh, if we get to the 30 degree mark by, uh, by the end of the game, we'll consider ourselves lucky. Okay. And then you're adding in what is going to be a, a pretty consistent, if not, Strengthening Northwest wind throughout the course of the game, too. The weird thing about the stadium, and, and yes, to answer your question, that Northwest wind at uh, 15 to 20, maybe 25 miles per hour, but it swirls around in the stadium, too. I mean, I've seen the, the I've had pictures sent to me of the flags going, one, one's going this way and the, other's, the other one's going this way oh, wow. at the, at the um, North Stadium. So you get a swirling wind out there and it just it messes with everybody and just makes everybody that much colder. All right. So, uh, yes, uh, combine, combine the uh, – and uh, what, do we, are we expecting sunny skies during the day tomorrow? It early, Will that help at all? Early the, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> well, right. I mean, it'll f- probably feel a little bit better if you're in the sunny side of the stadium, but uh, you know, the, the wind still hitting you in the face is is going to counteract that uh, that warmth. So, yeah, this is just a uh, you, you hate to go to a really cold, windy kind of day and sit there for four hours watching a game like this, but. Yeah. Uh, the sun might help a little. November football. Okay, so yeah. let's uh, get to your draft rankings here. Let's okay. start out with the run game. We'll see a lot of run game, especially from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, doesn't sound like we're talking about precip, so maybe you won't be hugely affected. I don't think so. I think this is probably the lowest number we have for the draft. Uh, it's going to be three, uh, just because uh, the only thing that would probably hurt uh, is your fingers. Yeah. You know, your fingers get cold, and so that, that would be the worst of it. Other than that, uh, I think the running game should be uh, just right in the middle of of, uh, of, of my... That's why teams rankings. from Wisconsin run the ball so often, it yeah. turns out. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, when you try to pass, when you try to do stuff like that, when it's really, really cold, it's it's very difficult. So I think the run game will be will be the least impacted by the cold. All right, passing game, and, and you start factoring not only the cold and, and the wind as well for this one. Yeah, this is uh, if you have your short passes are probably going to be prevalent in this game. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just if you try to do anything long or it's it's you know, you have to uh, throw the ball further and your fingers are cold and uh, the wind is blowing around and it's just going to be difficult to even judge where the ball is going to land, let alone uh where it should land. So, uh the passing game is going to be impacted uh, greatly. I've got a 4 out of 5. So, it's going to be a, a rough one for you, the pass game. You talk about hands getting cold too and and Casey Thompson who's supposed to come back is but part of his issue has been um, you know, just numbness issues mm. and and nerve injury and you wonder how cold weather plays into that whole thing specifically for him in the passing game as well. Uh kicking game is next. What do we have for the kicking game? The kicking game and it depends on which side you look at. I think it, you know, the kickers themselves probably won't have a, a huge problem uh, trying to figure out where they're going to place the ball you know if you're trying to put it in within you know inside of the 10 yard line will be difficult with the wind swirling around mm-hmm. but the the guys catching the ball that's going to be tough too because the wind is going to imagine golfing on a very windy day and your ball goes you know 30 yards to the right mm-hmm. well a football does the same thing, especially once it gets up in the high air. Yeah, yeah. and you got those winds swirling around. It, it'll be difficult to judge where it's going to land, and then trying to catch the ball that's been up, you know, fifty yards high in the air, trying to catch it with cold hands. It's going to be tough. So you got another four uh, out of five for the kicking game. All right, player performance. I think uh, it's hard to 
to the the players that are out there most of the time should be okay. You you tend to stay warm when you're active and yeah. active and active, but you know, you have to sit at some point and when you sit you're going to get cold. So that is going to affect the player's performance. So I've got a 4 out of 5. And it's just it's just because of the cold and the wind chill will uh will just make things a whole lot harder. And you the rare and fan enthusiasm, you are giving this one a 5 for uh, the fans. I mean, it, it's this is going to be a tough game to sit all the way through. It'll be interesting to see how many fans are left in the stadium at the end of the fourth quarter. Just not because of the game, but because of how cold it's going to be and the wind and the swirling around and it's just it's not fun. So it makes it hard to to want to sit there the whole time. So I got a five out of five. It's just it's going to make it hurt. Twenty out of twenty five. Yeah. Is that a new record? It's got to be is. a new record. That is even if, beats what we had at Michigan last week. If we would have uh, you know some swirling around snow, that would have kicked it up probably another two or three. But uh, yeah. and there are a few flurries in the forecast early in the morning uh, tomorrow. But uh, overall, it does look like a dry right. game, just a cold and windy one. But uh, maybe fifties and sixties for next week. I'm so, so I cannot be. wait. This is this might. Break out your cargo shorts again. Uh, hey, I mean, don't have to ask me twice. That is, uh, it is going to feel really nice after all of these really cold November yeah. days. I can't wait. Starting on Sunday, right? Yeah. 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 Very good. Cool. All right. Hey, uh, thank you very much, Rossi. Good mm-hmm. Christmas light putting up weather, by the way, for people. That's a really good That's, idea. Uh, yeah. Yep. Probably get that done. Yep. All right. Uh, thank you, Rusty. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again here. Uh, well, we'll see about Wednesday. Maybe we can get you in before the Iowa game and uh, find we'll out about that. All right. Okay. All right. There you go. Take 21. We'll grab a break of the Friday Husker tailgate opposition disposition what do we need to know about wisconsin on and off the field we'll tell you next on klin when you're thinking huskers making the catch of the 10 five that is a touchdown nebraska think 1499.3 klin everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Do you know your foe? Well, we'll introduce you. But we can't guarantee you'll get along. It's the Friday Husker Tailgates Opposition Disposition on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIF. Eight twenty-five, Ellen K today with Jack and friends in the uh, Friday Husker Tailgate, Nebraska, Wisconsin week. We tell you about the opponent during this segment. On the field and off, we start with. On the field. Well, Wisconsin has uh, had a little bit of a parallel season to Nebraska in some ways this year, making a move that I think was a lot more surprising around the country than Nebraska's was after they got rid of Scott Frost as Wisconsin removed Paul Christ after a loss to Illinois. And they have been working with their interim head coach, who's a former player, Jim Leonard, also had a long NFL career. 
and he's been the head coach, uh, the interim head coach, uh, the defensive coordinator. I, uh, Mike, we talked about this earlier. I guess I assume, like, I, I was subbing in on our sister station yesterday. We had a Wisconsin guy from the Athletic on, and he made it sound like it's, uh, he made it sound like it's going to be Leonard almost for sure. Yeah, uh, that's what the, that's what the the general consensus is. But like I said, I mean, I don't think it's completely a done deal. If they go five and seven, I think that's going to be a tough sell. And there's people mad about how that Iowa game went. I mean, that is a, a loss that uh, it went the most predictable way possible. You gave Iowa the short field with special teams errors, and sure. Iowa scored. I mean, well, the, it's the way they win every game. The problem was Wisconsin supposed to be the team that takes advantage of Spencer Petras. So, I guess so. Or Petras. So yeah. it, you know, if they don't beat Nebraska or Minnesota, that is going to be a really tough sell. Like, because then the the problem is that then Leonard becomes like the most sought after defensive coordinator in the country. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you kind of have to make that decision or he's just going to go do the Dave Aranda thing and take $2 million to be the D.C. at, I don't know, whoever is so desperate that they have to, to spend $2 Somebody million. Somebody in the on. SEC, maybe. Yeah, yeah, so Texas A&M. Let's just yeah. throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But, right. Um, so they, it's weird. If it's so cut and dry that it's going to be Jim Leonard, why have you not announced it? That's true. You know, it is parallel. This, we whole, did this thing whole thing with, with Mickey. Mickey. Yeah, right. We were like, if it's Mickey, yeah. you should announce it. And they're not doing that. So that means it's not like, I, I think the way information comes out of Wisconsin is there's the people that talk with Barry Alvarez and there's the people that don't. And noticeably, the people that talk with Barry Alvarez think that this is done. Well, you know who doesn't actually have a decision to make? Right. He's it's not the, the former AD. coach. He's not the AD he's not anymore. Not the AD anymore. I mean, he's a special assistant to Kevin Warren or whatever that is. It, uh, it, what, do you think if if it were, if for whatever reason and and a lot of people still it's Leonard or Leipold? Leip, it's you, you think it's one Leipold? of those two? If I think if they Leonard. can get Lance Leipold, um, and they they don't want to necessarily give it to Leonard, I think that that's the route that they would go. again. Throws I think Leipold would take it over Nebraska. Throws a sort. weird subplot in this game that if if the thing that keeps Leonard out of the coaching spot is going zero and two the rest of right. this season, that would include losing to Nebraska in this game. Which then, if that happened, would according to what you're saying, take Leipold off the board, which also could be someone Nebraska is looking right. at, which birthed the lose for Leipold movement that I just. <laughs> oh my god. I don't. I don't think that should be a movement. What's What's worse, the lose for Leipold, or the I test Anthony, or Row Big Red? Ugh. What's Row Big Red? That's the That's PJ Fleck. Fleck. The oh, Fleckians. Row Big. Yeah, but that 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 hasn't picked up any steam. You don't know that what's happening thing. behind That's closed true. doors. That's true. That's still the thing. Now, if I'm, I had to rank them, it would go. I test Anthony would be one by default, the best, and it's not good, yes. but it's better. Woo! It is better than lose I'll for Leipold and Row Big Red. <laughs> I test Anthony. I've I, listen. I heard one part of that, and that was I test Anthony is number one in terms of your list of nicknames. Uh, Wisconsin season this year. Uh, Boy, remember when they lost to Washington State? Remember that? That was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. They, another Wisconsin guy is a Washington's uh Washington State coach. Oh really? I think Jake Dickert uh, okay. is his name. Um they beat Illinois State, lost that game at home to Washington State, which really got things 
kind of cooking here, and and they were the preseason favorite to win the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, then they Big beat Ten West. Big Ten West, I should say. Yeah. Uh, the first Big Ten game then was against Ohio State. They get blown out like everybody does against Ohio State, and then Illinois the next week. They lose that one thirty-four to ten, which. It's even today. It's a little shocking that Illinois put up thirty-four points on them. Do you remember how that game played out? Uh, I remember Illinois having a lot Graham of long threw runs. Four interceptions, oh, through picks, and Illinois basically an average starting field position was in Wisconsin territory. So, jeez, you know the crazy thing is if they win that game, like then they go on to play Northwestern and Michigan State the next two weeks, yep. and but they, they lost. To Michigan they did State. lose to Michigan State, but you could also see a scenario where yeah. they like did. Did Paul Chris stay then for the whole year? I mean, like, I mean, that's like a much. Clo- it feels Good. like Frost was going to be gone no matter what. I, they were going to find a time for Frost, but depending on who you talk to up there, it had gotten so bad with Paul Chris over the summer, and they did. Like, I, I feel like I've talked more about Wisconsin and the inner turmoil that people probably don't realize. Like, they moved their offensive line coach to like the inside linebackers coach. They moved like a. a defensive coach to the running. Like, they were doing weird stuff in the summer. They haven't been recruiting really well. There's a lot of anger about, like, the NIL thing that they haven't really been able to figure out. And um, so Paul Chris kind of coming in, there was these whispers like, you know, if this doesn't go well, they might move on from him. Never in my wildest dreams did I think after, you know, Graham Mertz throws 47 interceptions to, <laughs> right. to Illinois that they were going to basically pull the plug right yeah. there. That so then they they go on with uh, Leonard they beat Northwestern big they lose to Michigan State now and then they're like every other week or so wildly inconsistent under yeah. under well, Leonard they have a really good win against Purdue who I think is better than Wisconsin but they took it to them yeah thirty five twenty four it's the second straight year where I felt like going in Purdue is finally going to prove like they're the one of the best teams in the Big Ten West if not you know the best team in the Big Ten West and they got absolutely. Pants right. both times, but then in between those, you got this loss to to Michigan State right. that you talked about, which, which made no Michigan sense. Michigan State is a worse version of that same Purdue team, and you've got the Iowa game where they just it just you know yep. you, you, you Never talked had a about chance. it. They just yeah. didn't have it. Their their offense couldn't do anything against Iowa, and then they got a pretty decent win against Wisconsin or uh, Maryland in the middle of that whole thing too. And so it's um, it's a it's a real mixed bag, and this is one of these teams that if you talk to the people who cover them, which which I actually did yesterday too, it was the same thing it feels like you're hearing with Nebraska it's just the difference between self-inflicted mistakes and and not is what he said the real difference has been between them uh, the the good times and the bad times post Leonard yeah I think that they had navigated a tricky line of they didn't have that many great athletes on offense that now you know without having a Jonathan Taylor and and with your offensive line taking a slight step back so Braylon Allen isn't just Superman, suddenly you realize like they don't have the ability to just go get 15 yards. They don't have the ability to sit on the ball and allow their defense to suffocate you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, just a small gradual step back has really exposed, like, they were, you know, teetering between, like, being the most dominant of the Big Ten West teams and then... Very, very, very average. Yeah. And they are now in that category. Yeah. Um, and they're still, you know, for the most part, doing it the same way that they always do. You mentioned Allen. Defense and running. 1,000 yards rushing, yep. 189 carries, 5.5 yards per carry. He's definitely the bell cow, but they'll throw in a couple of those other guys as well. What Lucy and Garendo, they both got about 50 carries. Allen's getting up there. He'll go over 200 in this game, most likely. And, you know, Grant Mertz. 
who, by the way, got crowned after one game in 2020. Um, Where Illinois thought that it was a seven on seven game. It so was. It was bizarre. He's he's not. He's going to throw you more incompletions than you know. We saw those high efficiency quarterbacks. Really, the last three week, three weeks where they're hitting low risk seventy percent um, passing percentages. You mean Danny Son? Few Danny Son is is the poster boy for them. <laughs> it's the. Uh, but uh, he was uh, he was a bit with the, you know twelve interception or twelve touchdowns two interceptions seventy percent completion rate. Mertz is a little this year. He's a little out of that the 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 pattern of the uh, of the Illinois Minnesota even Michigan quarterback situation in that he's thrown it a little more actually he's thrown for uh, eighteen hundred yards his completion percentage is fifty eight percent. So significantly lower completion percentage, but he's got 18 touchdowns. He's thrown 18 touchdowns yeah. this year, which is, uh, you know, the, the, the Big Ten West, but he's also thrown eight interceptions. Okay. And so, all of those interceptions seem like they're so killer. Yes. Like they just seem like they don't recover from that. Yeah. So this seems like a game. I don't know if, uh, if, if Mike, in, in your podcast that you do and your uh, specific pr- prediction that you made, an interception changes the game for Nebraska. I didn't know. But it feels like this defense that hasn't gotten an interception since uh, I don't remember when. Malcolm uh, Hartzog had one against Purdue. That's the one. First quarter yeah, like against Purdue. Yeah, like three games in a row with picks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He didn't. That's But you have gone now three, almost four full games without an interception. I feel like perhaps that ends this week because Mertz will throw him. Okay, he, yeah. he's done. Miles that Farmer with the pick. Well, so I think what it sets up really well for Nebraska, and I know that we're supposed to be talking more about Wisconsin, but it works into that. Nebraska's pass defense, I think, has gotten a lot better over the last month. Whereas maybe that's just because these teams are able to get enough yards with their running backs, so they don't have to throw as much. But as we saw, if that's the number three team in the country in Michigan. They couldn't really move the ball through the air if they had to, yeah. which should present a whole host of problems when they play Ohio State. But Nebraska is going to face a team in Wisconsin that you know Graham Mertz is probably a little bit better of a passer than JJ McCarthy. They don't have the receivers, like so. I I think Nebraska's secondary, in particular Buford, Newsom, and um, Hartog, have really kind of. Firm things up, and then Farmer was coming off his best game of his right his career, and now he's back prior to the DUI, and then he'll be back as well. So I, I think with that combined by you know Nelson and Oshawn Mathis have been more active up front. Like I, Nebraska could you know that offensive line isn't great for uh, for Wisconsin in terms of pass protection. We've seen uh, Mertz under siege. I mean they could force those interceptions because he has to get the ball out quickly. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a way that Nebraska's defense could really set up the offense with short fields. Um, yeah, and, and back to Wisconsin's passing, you're right. They're, I mean, they've spread out the ball a bit among receivers. There's nobody, it doesn't look like there's anybody who's going to kill you right. uh, on, in their receiving core. They've got, uh, uh, Daiku's got 601 yards. He does have six touchdowns this year, but that's, you know, that's on 39 receptions. So not bad. And then, but then you go down to Skylar Bell, who's got 26 picks. And then you got nobody after that who's got, uh, more than 12 catches for the entire year here. Um, and so, yeah, it might be a, it might be a matchup there. It's a matter of keeping 
Braylon Allen from popping yep. the long ones this time. Which it, they've it, done a good job with. In right. Terms they've of done Corum a good job and, against his other But I feel like, I guess Corum's very explosive. He he, he has done that against Corum's other teams, better than Braylon Allen. Yeah. Corum's the best running back I think Nebraska's played this year. Well, and Braylon, I just, and I'm still remembering last year though, you go to Wisconsin and gal, it was like, and Allen was just kind of starting to have his breakout party there yep. already and he affirmed it against Nebraska. So, one of my rem- like things I remember from that is that Nebraska had such bad run fits in that game. Like you had guys going into the wrong hole, and one of them was Miles Farmer. Like this is a bit of a revenge game for him. That mm-hmm. you know, if if Minnesota is the best that he had played, you could put the Wisconsin film up from last year, and that was about as bad as he had played. And yeah. that was one of those games that gave me pause. Like, are we sure this guy can be a starting safety? Yes, because he really struggled in that. Yes. Um, let's see, uh, field goals, Wisconsin, well, I don't, field goals or kickers are, uh, they got two kickers, one six for eight field Is goals. Is still the Gaglione it's, guy for we got, 47 years? We got, no, we got Van Zeist and Calvaruso. Okay. Van Geist is their main one. He has uh, not missed an extra point. He is six for eight on field goals this year. Both of his misses have been from 30 to 39 yards. He's not tried. The other guy's more of their long distance one, and he's missed both of his, uh, that were over 40 yards. Uh, and then in terms of, uh, defense, uh, this Herbig guy, linebacker. Yep. Um, from Hawaii. Very, very good. 11 sacks. 11 sacks this year. Um, got, uh, got forced fumbles. Um, he's got good tackle numbers as well. Got good pass for or tackle for loss numbers as well. Um, he's looks like far and away, at least statistically, the main cog of that defense mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, so. I mean he's he's a guy that Casey Thompson needs to know where he is pre-snap a lot of the times because he has the ability to be the most disruptive player on the field uh, for Wisconsin's defense, and they do a lot of stunts and a lot of things to try to spring one-on-one looks for him against offensive linemen, and one of the things, among the many things that Nebraska has not done well this year, diagnosing pressure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have a guy coming from the second level um, that he doesn't move around a ton, but it can move around a little bit. you gotta you got to make sure you have a protection plan that people are comfortable with when you're coming up to the line of scrimmage. Uh, so then, uh, looking at some of the team numbers more generally, uh, offensive yards per game, 170 yards rushing yards per game, uh, and then 107 they're giving up defensively. So it's just kind of the same formula that you've been seeing for these other teams. Run the ball, stop the run on these sorts of things. Big 10 West! Uh, passing, <laughs> you know, 58% passing rate, giving up 59% to to defenses. 200 yards, it's about equal, giving up 200 yards and, and accruing 200 yards in the passing game. And then turnovers overall, we get to the interceptions thing, and they've got a negative uh, turnover differential, too. Uh, again, so even with the season that they've had, they've got a negative turnover, t- turnover differential uh, by just a bit here this year. So that bears out kind of all the things that we were talking about. Now, here's a more important question. Why are, there bad, why are they Badgers? Are they like, are they like uh, you the know, Warriors? Minnesota, Michigan and Minnesota, who were, kind of took their names based on, like, like uh, people dunking on them is that that's kind of what they both were the last two weeks we learned now badger not not so much it at least is something that originated as a term of i don't know if a term of honor is is the right thing but this came from the state and this goes back to the early 1800s probably the 1820s here um but this was uh lead miners you know, people who are doing lead mining in Wisconsin, which sounds like a delightful job. Um, in Wisconsin, 
in the winter without they didn't have they didn't have shelter in the winter and these lead miners would need to stay alive and stay warm and continue to do their jobs so they would build tunnels burrowed into hillsides mm. um and they would essentially stay they had no shelter in the winter so these lead miners had to essentially do this and they were called because of their their burrowing they were referred to as as badgers because of this and that's where the whole badger thing came so it's a much better story than both Minnesota or Michigan have for their rodent-type mascots. Oh, very much so. Uh, so, uh, Badger started as the Wisconsin mascot with the inception of college football in 1889, and they made a bad choice at the University of Wisconsin when this started. They thought, well, everybody in these days, in those days, were bringing live mascots to games. That was the thing. You know, they still do it in a few places, but not many, but everybody was doing it in the early days of college football. Well, turns out Badgers... Not the nicest animals, okay? Not the nicest animals. The first badger mascot was too vicious to control. On more than one occasion, he escaped handlers before a sideline hero recaptured the animal with a flying tackle. I would the amount that that would be on SportsCenter if that had actually (laughs) happened right now and on Twitter would be amazing. So then it was decided that in the interest, I mean, they're concerned about player safety. These this this like angry badger is messing up all their games and they're like fine we're getting into fordham territory we're, yeah that's yes. what i was thinking we're gonna we're gonna retire it to the madison zoo which by the way the fact that the madison zoo had a there was a madison zoo in the early 1900s is also fascinating to me uh but they did that okay and so wisconsin said we still need to have everybody's got a live mascot we've got to have a live mascot with this thing so they got a raccoon no, no. And they named it Regdab, which is the word badger backwards, and they passed it off as a badger. They got a stinking raccoon. Wisconsin, how do all these schools have these embarrassing things that they got away with early in the year that we don't make fun of them? We've Red uncovered it. They had a red, red, Regdab. Regdab the raccoon. Um, so there you go. Uh, eventually, they they did get rid of having the live mascot there, and they wanted to have what the new trend in the late 40s and into the 50s were, was the, the humans dressed as <laughs> as the mascot. They wanted the humans. They, they wanted the furries. So in 1949, they had the art department commission uh, a uh, woman to mold a paper mache badger head, and gymnast and cheerleader Bill Sagal of Plymouth, Wisconsin, was directed by homecoming chair Bill Sashi to wear the outfit at the homecoming game. And at that time, Buck the Badger was born. Now, at that time, the Badger went by names Benny, Buddy, Bernie, Bobby, and Bouncy. <laughs> Sup, Bouncy? Bouncy. A contest was staged to name the mascot. The winner was Buckingham U. Badger. Did you know that that was the full name? Its real name is Buckingham U. Badger, which is shortened to Bucky. The name apparently came from the lyrics in a song, which encouraged the football team to buck right through that line. (laughs) That's where Buckingham, the Badger, comes. So, yes. Uh, And this is a crazy story. I don't, I still don't, I need more background on this story, but I'm going to tell it to you on the outside. In 1973, an assistant attorney general of the state of Wisconsin, his name was Howard Koop, suggested that Bucky be replaced by Henrietta Holstein, a lovable and productive cow. 
Uh, Cope, the assistant attorney general, argued that, quote, kids love cows. A generation could grow up supporting the university and Henrietta Holstein. Cope's effort to overthrow Bucky failed. <laughs> and they did not switch for whatever reason in 1973 to Henrietta the Holstein. Holstein as their uh Henrietta. as their as their mascot. Uh let's see, famous alums from Wisconsin. Dick Cheney, former vice president. Charles Lindbergh of uh of airplanes. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh the uh, guy i didn't even write down his actual name and now i feel bad because i don't know it but the guy who played stifler in american pie uh john william scott john william scott thank you yep wisconsin guy well of course he played uh gary the tennis coach for the two guys here from nebraska that oh yeah that's movie. right yeah. yeah that's right it was uh joan cusack not john but joan went to uh to Wisconsin. Uh, and then we got some music ones. We got uh, Boss Skaggs. Boss Skaggs went to Wisconsin. I'm oddly excited about that. I don't know why. Steve Miller also went to Wisconsin. Of? Uh, <laughs> of bands. <laughs> of bands. Steve Miller of his own band, the Steve Miller <laughs> Band. Uh, Butch Vig, who was a part of, if you were around in the late 90s, uh, was a part of uh, the band Garbage. Uh, who had a little popular streak there. And last but not least, never heard of garbage. Former really? Former yeah. baseball commissioner Bud Selig. Yep. Also Ooh. a uh a Wisconsin guy. And then uh we haven't done lyrics for a while. Can I can we do lyrics? Because yeah, we, they, we can get that in. They, they have on Wisconsin. Now for a dramatic reading of the Husker Opponents fight song with Jack Mitchell. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, plunge right through that line. Run the ball clear down the field. A touchdown sure this time. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, fight on for her fame. Fight, fellows. Fight, fight, fight. We'll win this game. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, stand up, Badgers sing. Forward is our driving spirit. Loyal voices ring. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, raise her glowing flame. Stand, fellows. Let us now salute her name. And see. It's also been uh, co-opted by like half the high schools in America as their fight song <laughs> yeah. as well. But that's how it goes. All right, 848, we'll take a break. We've got our picks coming up next. We'll wrap up the show. Some final thoughts on Nebraska and Wisconsin coming up after this Friday Husker tailgate on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Guns toward the end zone, passes, caught, touchdown. Think 1499.3 KLIN. Bracking rights mean everything to these guys. So let the trash talk begin. It's time to call your shot in the Friday Husker Tailgate Pickskin Picks of the Week. Brought to you by Exchange Bank on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, I regret to tell you that Caleb had a pretty good week last week. I did all right. He uh, got the most of the points. Five points for him. Uh, getting the outright picks with North Carolina, Oklahoma State, Iowa, and uh, got uh, TCU. The upset he stole from me, the outright winner. Wow, that was obvious. Uh, good news is I got mine, too. Uh, I got four points. I had North Carolina, Iowa, and then I got West Virginia outright in the upset win there. 
And then Mike uh, got Oklahoma State, Kansas State, in the closest score. So Caleb's got 42, Mike's got 38, I've got 34 with two weeks left. Everyone is still completely my, and fully in this. So your guys' upset picks both won. Yes. Right? My upset pick didn't score a point. I know it didn't. <laughs> Wait, who's that? It was Maryland. They got absolutely they got housed by <laughs> What Penn happened State. to that team? I they don't were, know. They were like they were super competitive against Michigan like a month <laughs> earlier, and I didn't think Penn State was as good as they are. Now Penn State's going to go right, like they 11 looked and like 2. kind of good uh, a few times during this year. So, But like I said, you know, we got two more weeks left of the show. Anybody's game. And it is still, mathematically, it is absolutely still anybody's game. Not yours. With, no, it mathematically. And by the way, if anybody ever hits... A Husker game with the exact right score. That is the vaunted four-pointer on the Friday Husker tailgate, which I don't think anyone has gotten on this show since like the Roy Halou days. One point of this off show. this year for you one, one of the games. You were close. I, I was close for one, too, this year. Uh, I've been garbage, so don't listen to me on the score. Okay, then. I've done well with the closest score. All right. Everybody uh, have something up so they can remember their picks. I yes, know that's a yes. problem <laughs> often on this show to remember what you picked. All right. First one. Bedlam in Oklahoma. Oh, it doesn't quite have the excitement behind it as it usually does. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State for the first one. This is at Oklahoma in Norman. Caleb, who you got? Uh, Let's continue to roll with Gundy on that one. Oklahoma State. They've been bad. Went State. Wow. I have Oklahoma State too, but I shouldn't now. I didn't think you guys would both go Oklahoma State on that one. I thought I was... Going to be on the wrong or the uh, narrow side. So of So, is this where you we are supposed to send our picks in to prevent this sort of thing? I but guess then you so. just do it anyway. No, I, I'm, you make it oh, up. It's up. The graphics up. I guess that's my pick. <laughs> All right, next game we're going to the Big Ten. Uh, another fun Big Ten West game between Iowa and Minnesota. This one's in Minneapolis. Caleb, who you got? Um, I think Iowa's going to win the division, and I think they're going to win this week. I think Minnesota's going to win out, and I think it starts with a win against Iowa. Well, what I like to do is think of the most painful, terrible situation possible and then assume that's going to happen because it always does. And you know what that is. That's Iowa. That's Iowa winning this thing, and like Caleb said, then coming and winning the decision, uh, winning the division by beating Nebraska in Iowa City. So that's usually what happens. That will probably happen. Uh, All right, game number three, Pac-12. USC at UCLA. Ooh, this is such a nice game where they wear the colored, uh, the maroon and the blue jerseys. Great uniform game. Weather looks nice. You wish you were there. We got USC. I have to admit, I kind of like this game. I don't know why. I, I always enjoy when it's uh, it looks being nice. played. I it like when both good. teams are good. I'm going UCLA. Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm USC on this one. I feel good about you taking USC. Definitely going to be making up ground on I Campbell. feel good about taking USC in this one. And then we'll stay in the Pac-12. Uh, Oregon goes down. Man, I made some bad picks just generally last week overall. Oregon goes down, though, last week. Uh, and so Utah at Oregon. Uh, to see if Oregon can get back on track. Who you got, Caleb? Utah. Utes. I think uh, Kyle Whittingham and his crew will be distracted by Whittingham's impending signing to be the next coach in Nebraska. Totally <laughs> kidding. Uh, but that said, I will still go Oregon in this one. All right, you're upset. I I think one of the first weeks, two of the three of us hit outright winners last week. Will it happen again? Caleb, can you do two in a row? What do you I'm going to double down in Bedlam. Oklahoma State plus the seven and a half. Ooh, they were really, that big of underdogs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to think of them right now. I mean, I don't really know what to think of either of those teams. I am uh, my, my upset pick. I'm going with Nebraska. 
Oh, okay. I thought about it. What's the line there on that one? Ten and Still a half. Ten, yeah. Okay, if they lose by double digits, I'm going to be in bad mood. I'll be in bad mood. I like it, though. Bad. Finding points. All right. Uh, I you, Listen, I'm staying up in West Virginia. It happened last week. They did it for me <laughs> once. They're bringing, All in on country road. They're bringing it. Kansas State coming in. That's a long trip. Uh, and then who knows what's going on in the mind of Chris Kleiman right now. A lot of decisions <laughs> to be thinking about. Am I right? Could All, be. Including which quarterback to play. Give me the West Virginia Mountaineers. Second week in a row, they're getting seven and a half in this game. All right. (laughs) And the pick for the Nebraska game, who's it going to be? Caleb. I have a 24-17 final. The red team from Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh! Drama! Mike, well, you already kind of tipped your hand a little bit on this well, one. Well, I like Nebraska to keep it close, and not only do I like Nebraska to keep it close, I like this game to go into overtime, where Nebraska will score their first points in overtime since 2014 as they win 20-17 to on a knuckleball Timmy Bleak Road field goal. Enjoy it, Jack. A good weekend is coming. Our, I, our scores are close. I believe, yeah, I believe I have not picked Nebraska to win since... Georgia Southern. Since I think George, I, I do not. I don't think I picked Nebraska to win since Georgia Southern. I really think that's true. Um, that changes this week. That what? changes this week. We got a sweep, <laughs> and I truly think it's going to happen. You realize that if you just take Wisconsin two, Nebraska zero, you, and Wisconsin now, wins, you get a free point. Again, I got to change. My, I had the same scores. You had twenty four seventeen. I'm gonna give Nebraska. I'll give Nebraska another field goal. 27-17. Oh wow! I'll make it a ten point win. We'll flip. The wrong team is favored in this game. <laughs> Nebraska gets to win 27-17. That's it for the tailgate. We will see you next Wednesday for a Wednesday morning tailgate for Iowa Week. Until then, have a great weekend. K L I N.